Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dara here, okay, Captain Brunch. And we are coming to you at the end of the Survivor Series 2020 WWE pay-per-view. And I'm here as always with my co-host, Mr. Destin Soglo Frazier. It's kind of crazy. Tonight we said goodbye after 30 years. And also we said welcome back after 22 and a maniac. Yeah, but you know what? I'm kind of tired of saying goodbye. Right? So hopefully uh, that was like the final farewell. The final, final, final farewell. I need to stop yeah, tell me about it. This is officially episode 421. We're one episode away from the six-year anniversary, so we have that to look forward to. Survivor Series came to us from the Thunderdome, so there's not really much to talk about in regards to location here. Uh, we're going to get into all of the matches, tell you guys how it was. Shout out to everybody in the chat room. We'll give you guys individual shout outs at the end of the show as always. Also, shout out to those of you listening via podcatcher platforms, podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict. Remember when I used to need a script for all that stuff. You know, also, those of you who are listening on TalkBrunch.com as well as uh, Facebook.com slash TalkBrunch and Twitter.tv slash TalkBrunch. We got the screen up on the live feed for those of you that want to go back and check out the replay on there. Don't forget that. <sighs> so, Survivor Series, huh? Another one in the books. It was like a night of champions, which to me was the only disappointing part. I have I have mixed feelings on this pay per view because when it's champion versus champion, there's not really like a way to uh, have any title changes, obviously, unless you were going to be. Yeah unifying titles and that's and the biggest the annoying part about it is is with night of champions at least used to be like hey every title's on the line now it's just all the champions are here yeah exactly you know which is uh i don't know why why did they change it you know like it seems like every pay-per-view is no longer being used for its uh for its intended purpose you know like i mean it's one thing when you have the raw and smackdown guys fight in the elimination matches but it's like it, it <laughs> It's almost like Survivor Series is like a free pass. Like, if you're a champion, you're guaranteed to make it through Survivor Series with your title intact. Why? Because they're not going to make you defend it. Yeah, exactly. I so think what was it, like, a few years ago, Enzo was, he was Cruiserweight champion. He was the only champion that defended the entire pay-per-view. Yeah, and there's, like, not really any progression either. That's the other issue. Yeah. Like, you know? none of, not even to bury the pay-per-view, but it's like, none of these wins really mattered. Yeah, I can't. Nobody's going to be talking about these that much tomorrow night. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. It was uh, but at the same time, if I'll look at it like this, and I want to review too much before we go match for match. But if you're looking for a pay per view that's just going to entertain you, where it's just like you're going to get entertaining good matches, uh, it's going to give you the good WWE formula. I I think this more or less hits the the nail on the head. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, like this, I have no complaints in regards to that kind of stuff. Um. Uh, now, in regards to the matches, let's start getting into that. Uh, so we had, and this was announced at the last minute, unless I wasn't paying attention, but you had the dual brand battle royale kickoff, which just sounds like the take everybody who's on the roster who we don't have a place to put. and uh, Let them do some shit. Yeah, the let them do some shit 
thing. <laughs> you know, that was the that was the original thing that we had. But before we even went into that, we had uh the gobbledygooker. Yeah, because everybody talks about how Survivor Series was that was the Night Taker debut. It was also the night the Gooker showed up. Yeah, right. Who who what's Survivor Series without the gobbledygooker? What's Thanksgiving season without that? I yeah. I'd say personally it's a lot better. But nonetheless, they had to have it there. I, I wonder if we're going to find out who, who was inside of the costume, right? Okay, we're going to find out. I'm not gonna, I, I mean, at this point, let's be real. He's going to get a Chronicles. Yeah. I can't wait at this point. Okay? Anyway, uh, so this is, this is what we had going on here. When this guy debuted, I almost dropped the action figure what up, Gook? of hey my there. childhood yeah, I, hero, yeah, I, John Cena. <laughs> oh, You had a John Cena action figure back in the early '90s. So bad, yeah, but you couldn't see it. <laughs> the John Cena thing. I watched the Lana. Chronicles. And one point in it, and she was dead serious. She was like, "Isn't that what John Cena taught us to never give up?" Hey, come on, guys. And I was like, "I don't know if it was John Cena specifically oh, told me." Wait a minute. No way. Look at that. The gobbledygooker wins. It's a gobbledygooker. The no. Yes. Gobble gobble baby. He's got the title. I don't even know who the oh, fuck was in it. Oh. He just said, gobble, gobble, baby. When I catch and you. He fell flat on his beak. When I catch you, I'll make you extra crispy. <laughs> that title. Get out of the way. Feet fell off. That title has a lot more comedy to it than the 24 7 title. You notice that? Yeah. I mean, then the, uh, I'm sorry, then the hardcore title. Yeah, yeah. The hardcore title, at least at some point, like by now, the hardcore title was actually being taken more seriously. Yeah. Whereas the twenty four seven title is getting hokier and hokier and hokier and hokier. It's it's unfortunate. It's definitely not what I wanted for that title. You know. Yeah, that title that nobody even wanted. <laughs> but it's like, it's to the point now where even Truth having it isn't as funny as it used to be. Which that tells you something. When Truth can't make it funny, that means you just need to take it behind the barn and shoot it. Because you know what. Going back to Animaniacs, which you brought up in the opening, and that's when you know wrestling is in a new world. When I can out of the blue be like going back to Animaniacs, oh my god! It became that you remember in the original Animaniacs, they would have this bit that was like a running gag, where they would be doing like a different set of characters. Which, by the way, I don't like the fact that they didn't bring back any of the old characters, but they would be doing a different set of characters, like the dogs or the pigeons or whatever. And yeah. randomly through that storyline, the uh the fucking security guard will be chasing the three anime the, the three Warner Brothers. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like there'll be something completely. Sometimes they would even troll you because it would be like a dramatic scene or like a sad scene, something happening and with an animal or a child. <laughs> and all of a sudden, just two seconds, da 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 da, da and then they're gone. They just fucking ran across. One time they did it on Tiny Toons. That blew my mind. I remember I I, I had to do a double take. Like what? <laughs> like are you shitting me right now? You know, that's sort of what the 24-7 title reminds me of. Like, just the, that that happening. Like, you're watching something, and then these guys just came through. You know, and it's just like, it's except, just that guy. Except all the originalities are already gone. It would be okay if that happened, if it was also defended. The hardcore title had matches to it, though. You know, yeah. there was actually I mean, a hardcore championship. Call, you can't even call these, like, minute and a half things they do matches. Where they're like, hey, we're going to suspend the rules of a championship that's defended 24 hours, 7 days a week, because that's a thing. And it's hard to have something like that going on without burying everybody that's involved in it. Because the only kind of people that you ever see running out for that kind of shit are people who are being used in job spots at the time. So even if you didn't think of them as jobbers before then, now you're seeing them 
running alongside assigned jobbers. So now they're in that category. Like if you didn't think Chad Gable was a jobber, which I know you do, but let's just say you didn't think Chad Gable was a job and you saw him running with like, I don't know who the fuck else is out there. Tozawa and uh, I don't even know. What, they fired so many people. I, I can't even think of jobbers right now. But you know the crew. You'll see them out there. Now they're in your mind, like in that category. They're those guys now. Like at this point, you know you're buried when you see them in the twenty four seven bits. Right. Like once you're put in that category, there's no way to fix it. There was a point like near near Matt Hardy, the end of Matt Hardy's run. Matt Hardy would change down to that thing. Yeah. So it's it's that was not, when I knew. Like nope, that's it. Yeah, it's not good. It's it's definitely not good. I mean, it's amusing to do it for for fun's sake, but for a while, like now, it's just becoming one of those things, you know, where it's like enough, please, with the uh. Because now it's like every week, it's like all right. What are they going to do this week? Mm, did the same thing three weeks ago. Hmm, what are they going to do this week? And now this thing where he regularly shows up at pre-shows, every, it's like, come on, dude. Yeah. And I know for some reason, like, like different platforms like different uh, content. For Facebook, where we, we get thousands almost immediately when it comes to a post show. So I know those of you on Facebook, you don't listen to the, the weeklies as much. But on the weeklies, you'll never hear me bring up the 24-7 title almost ever. Unless they directly, they'd have to directly like throw it at the feet of something else that's going on, which is when you hear me bring it up, where they literally ran through the main event or something. Cause, and it's not even cause I'm like, oh, I don't want to bring it cause it sucks. I forget. Like by the time we get on here, I'm not even thinking about that. Yeah, like to me, that's almost not canon. So short. Yeah. And it, and, and it doesn't have any relevance to it. Where the 24 seven title kind of did. Like, but the, the, for the live list, there's a freaking two minute countdown last long in some of those matches. Yeah. I can't argue with but that. There's nothing there to remember. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. I'd like to see some evolution of that. But I mean, out of all the things that they need to fix, do you think they're thinking about that right now? Right. Like at this point, it's one of those things where it's like, it's bad when they need to fix something that nobody wanted. Nobody wanted this thing. Apparently, Fox wanted it. Oh, Fox, what you doing? Remember, Fox wanted something entertaining, though. I think was I don't think that Fox said <laughs> that they wanted that title. You know? <laughs> exactly. So Fox didn't apparently. Well, I don't know. I I don't get it. Yeah, oh. like they wanted some form of entertainment, and that was WWE's answer to the entertainment prayers. God. Yeah, a championship that Mick Foley couldn't even keep in the bag. Bill's been doomed from the beginning. Anyway, so let's get on to our first match. We have our dual brand battle royale kickoff. We didn't really know who the hell was in it until uh, I think the last minute, right? And we had uh, yeah. we had tons of people in this. We had Chad Ooh, Gable. Yeah, we- I think I think just about everybody who's um was on the poll, yeah, they were in the match. So yeah, I have to bring up my own poll because I I scouted who was in it better than they did, you know, just because they we do a lot of things better than they do. Yeah, because they didn't have anything up on there, you know, whatsoever. They were but just yeah. like, hey, there's gonna be a bunch of guys here. Yeah, we we have people, and we're gonna be giving them spots. But yeah, this was added in very last minute. This was the dual brand, give them some shit to do, uh, battle royale. People that I had listed just from looking at the graphic was uh, Dolph Ziggler, Ricochet, Chad Gable, Dominic Mysterio, Cedric Alexander, Nakamura, Humberto Carrillo, John Morrison, Kalisto, Murphy, Jeff Hardy, Angel Garza, Robert Roode, Elias, The Miz, Shelton Benjamin, Rey Mysterio, and Apollo Crews. So these are the people that were displaced. They didn't have anything that they could do with those people. So uh, the solution here was to put them into this match. Uh, That being said, the winner is the Miz who comes in with the last minute sneak the old the old push the winner over the rope deal aka um, their blueprint for battle royale matches nowadays mm-hmm. so the Mysterios make an entrance with Murphy so we have happy family time now where Murphy's the proud son-in-law and he's in there uh 
as far as the match went, it was your typical battle royale. It had a few standout moments for me. That little Kalisto Mysterio standoff. I would have liked a little bit more of that. You know. But then again, I also like to be taking Kalisto seriously. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, they put they're gonna start pushing him as a hero. At least that's what it looked like. So hopefully, <laughs> you know, they they do something with that. You know, I had I had no issue with that. Ricochet and uh, Cedric, as always, before they were even feuding, were part of one of the highlights of of people who were uh, putting on like a really good and entertaining sequence with each other. I thought that they did really well. It's a shame that you don't see the two of them in more matches. You know, because uh, especially after the uh whole storyline fell apart with uh them fighting against the herb business but yeah i yeah. like that little sequence they did outside on the apron here i believe it's uh cedric who hits ricochet here right like he he hits him after jumping in seguri i think he hits him with um a german right oh so it's ricochet yeah. who hit cedric right with the on the apron he falls i thought that was a crazy bump to take uh yeah that yeah. was whew. yeah you know more and then that, that cost him there because lashley winds up eliminating him and then apollo cruz winds oh no up that was uh shelton Shelton, yeah, and then um, Paulo Cruz eliminates him. So, yeah, yeah, it was, was, was kind of all over the place. One thing with me, uh, going back to the Mysterio, actually, some of the entrances, I'm kind of, I get that it's his kid, but can we have like Dominic come out to his own music? Because I like Dominic's music. Yeah, I guess you have. A maybe point it's there. just maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me being nitpicky, but it's like I get they're a family, but we don't always have to come out to just raise music. Yeah. I guess. Maybe they're in a rush for intros. I'm not exactly sure. And uh, then, did somebody botch the Miz and Morrison's entrance? I'm not sure what happened there. Because Miz came out, and he did how he usually does. He signals for Morrison. Morrison's music didn't hit. It kept running through the Miz's entrance, and Morrison just came out. And then Morrison's entrance cued when they were, like, halfway down the ramp. I thought I, f- I felt like Miz's music hit first, and then Morrison's music hit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Miz's music hit first. That's usually what happens, though, isn't it? But but but, but what it was usually when he makes that signal for him to come out, then Morrison's music cued. They were already half- halfway down the ramp before Morrison's music ever hit, and yeah, then they did, did a little taunt thing at the. Yeah, I did see a different timing. I didn't take it as an error, which you're right, it probably was. I just thought that they were letting more of the Miz's music play. Like, more of the Miz's music played, in short, is what you're saying, than it normally would. Yeah. Um, I, usually, I, usually he kind of comes out right when... Usually Miz only gives maybe a few seconds of his music. Yeah, so and I by the way... And, like, and by the way, I think that's a, that's bad even when it when they get it right. I think it's... To me, that's one of the yeah. worst intros right now in the entire three brands. It's... it's yeah, it, it's annoying even so. Like, like even, if, even if, when if, executed perfectly, I, I cringe. Yeah, I've you know? never liked that kind of thing. Like, if you're going to either have them come out separately or have them have a joint entrance or just give them Miz's music. You know, and as someone who's even just an amateur at just sound mixing and sound editing and stuff, I just think of how... What it takes to blend two musics together if you wanted to make, like, a new sound somehow merging the two sounds as opposed to just pressing one button and then the other that's <laughs> really what they do you know time you, of this music, you know what, it's just lame you know, you know? it's like, lazy you know what i feel like would always be better remember back in like wcw back in the day when um the nwo would come out but their music wouldn't just hit it would kind of like fade in slowly yeah now i know have exactly what you mean like, so if you if it's possible to do have it transition like that yeah or just then give them the tag team seamless. music just give them tag team music yeah, but then again, the sad part about it is those two have never had tanky music, and I and if the WWE back then won't give it to them, these fuckers won't now. You know, or or even better, and this has always been my option. This is a personal option, is just not have that tag team, and then we don't yeah. need to worry about the intro at all. We could not have this tag team. We can wipe this. They love erasing tag teams. 
Right. That's the you, thing. You, get, get rid of this one. Give me the Miz that I actually took seriously, and then we're happy. Yeah, get rid of this tag team like you do every tag team. Please. Because, I, because I, I've, I've never expressed it on the show. If this Miz cashes in and wins, not the same. I took the other Miz seriously. Can you believe that, that the A-Rai Miz was more seriously taken than, than, than Miz you know with his saying? original partner? Like, if this Miz cashes in, it is going to be the dullest cash-in of all, all humanity because nobody takes this Miz I seriously. I can't wait for him to turn on Morrison, you know? And it's funny because whenever you see somebody with the Miz, you usually think, man, it's only a matter of time until he turns on your ass and gets tired of you. This is the first time that's been the opposite for me. It's like, man, I can't wait for him to get tired of your shit. I can't wait for you to be leaping around in the background like some type of goon one hand get a skull crushing finale. He just leaves. That's what happened the first time. That's one of my favorite tag team breakups. As much as I didn't like them as a team, was uh, you remember that breakup that they had? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they um they got separated. By the, the draft breakup. The they were standing in the ring, and then it showed on the screen that one got drafted to the other show, and they had that moment in the ring where it was like, oh, and they both looking at and each I other. I think it was the idea. It was actually Miz that wanted to get drafted to Raw, ironically. Yeah, and then they both looked at each it's other like, at right, the screen, boom. like, man, this is it. Boom! <laughs> he fucking turns over right there. Fuck! I don't need him anymore. I loved it. Right, <laughs> but yeah, like the Just, the finish. I hated it so much because basically at one point, um, Dominic had sent Miz over the top rope, mm-hmm. and Miz was lying down on the apron. He just happened to roll into the ring, and then Dominic drop kicked him out. The second I saw that, I was like, "Oh my god, they're gonna rob this fucking kid of a perfectly deserved pay per view win." And that's the weird thing for me because when when uh when Dominic did that with Miz. I thought the opposite. I didn't, for some reason, it didn't register with me that that basement drop kick that he gave him, like that slide, it, it, it doesn't count because Miz was laid down on the apron, essentially, which yeah, no, does what make it was, sense. Uh, Miz was on the apron, but Miz, Miz just happened to roll into the ring right before he connected. Right, exactly. And the ref saw it, so the ref was, if he would have never rolled back in, it would have been legit. Yeah. But it's like yeah. they snuck that little thing and they just be like, nope, we're going to screw him. Like, Yeah, so that was interesting, the fact that they did that there. And, uh, so I will say this though. Um Murphy gets eliminated by by uh Ziggler and Rude, which to me bothered me because it's like you went over Rollins on Friday on SmackDown. I know we're not gonna really talk about SmackDown, but just to let you guys know that like he went over Rollins this Friday, which sort of ends that storyline. You went over that's a big deal to go over Seth Rollins, whether he's the Messiah or whatever. It's like a someone who has a lot of uh, you know, prestige to his name. And he went over that. That's probably Murphy. Is that his the biggest win in his career? That that is the biggest win of buddy murphy's entire career murphy who we used to watch on 205 live went over seth rollins on on smackdown you know what i mean that's a big deal which they didn't talk about and not only that but then you get eliminated by ziggler and rude you know after going over rollins it just felt weak like i know it's, just, you, you, it's you know a, what that tells me though what's that that tells me they're not even going to acknowledge that happened yeah it's kind of weird that te- which i think they will i just think that was poorly that- booked you know, like, like all that, all that tells me is that this freaking little pre-show match just didn't count for shit. Yeah, and then listen, Tom Phillips, they give you an assortment of tools and utilities to use to your disposal as a commentator, announcer, whatever the hell you call yourself. And if they don't give you the satisfying amount of tools that you would need at your disposal, you can always go and acquire and attain your own. That being said. I don't know why he uses sometimes his choice of words makes things sound a lot weaker or softer than they need to stop saying that Dominic is going to blossom into this WWE superstar. Is it just me? Does it, am I the only one bothered by the fact that Dominic Dominic doesn't blossom? Why is why are you saying that? You could have said mature. 
evolve. Why in the world are you saying that he's gonna blossom? This motherfucker is not a this this motherfucker is not a small Mexican woman after a quinceanera. All right. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, God willing, unless WWE has similar luck to what we've had on this brand in the past, Dominic won't be de- blossoming into anything. Oh. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because I was thinking about it. That he's going to power up into a strong competitor. Oh, he's going God. to level up. He's going to level up. He's going to get another skill point. Something. That is not. Fuck his things to say he's a tulip. I am so done. <laughs> Coolest that he's a Powerpuff girl. Oh, my God. You see, that's what I mean. Like, that's the kind. Like, we should not be hearing blossom when you're thinking of, of mysterious son i just think it's a poor choice of words you know it was very, he's gonna blossom maybe, maybe maybe that's why he can't seem to fucking win yeah maybe that's why maybe, maybe that's why he only comes out with dad's music he hasn't blossomed into his own fucking theme music yet unbelievable so anyway as we all know when it comes to battle royals royal rumbles or anything where there's a royale in it the rub is usually what goes to the last four people they put you as the last final four people there they give you that camera shot that shows the four people all on each corner staring each other down that's the people that really matter rub this time goes to jeff hardy the miz chad gable and dominic who's still blossoming into his uh full form apparently <laughs> You know the bad part about it is I thought about that theory and then I saw that Chad Gable won one of them and I was like, hmm, this might be the exception. Yeah, so so Gable eliminates Jeff Hardy. And uh it's ironic because I, I saw in the chat Willie asks who what does the winner get? And uh, <laughs> I don't know, I just cracked myself in my own head because as soon as he said that I just immediately the free COVID screening. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that came to mind. <laughs> Because you know why? Because it's WWE and they do it. You know why? Because if it's free, they don't have to pay for it. Like Willie asking that question made me enjoy the match more because it made me answer in my own head. Like, yeah, the free COVID streaming <laughs> match. You should have fucking said it. That would be amazing. Oh my god! I oh, man. Man. They, get <laughs> they get nothing to my knowledge. But uh, so I how you said that. I even said in the chat room instantly. I was like, wait a minute, they're supposed to get something. Yeah, so so final four, Rob Dominic does that back that that basement dropkick uh, elimination esque thing to the Miz that we already talked about. So that comes into play later, and then it's, we got Gable versus Dom. Now, what I did like about this is this is the first time that I've seen in a long time in WWE uh, something that they've put together play out the way I kind of think things in the current 2020 era should be playing out. And what I mean by that is you had the young popular guys in there, you had Rey Mysterio, you know. Uh, and you had like a feud going on between two guys because you had the ricochet thing happening with uh, Cedric. And then you have the young up and comers who are promising, who have a future ahead of them more than five years, who is what it came down to at the time, at least the way it looked at the time, because you had Chad Gable versus Dominic. The last two guys who were in the ring are both young guys who have never been in that position before. Neither of those guys ever in their life have been the last person standing in the ring during a battle royal during survivor series like that you know what i mean so it's like i thought that was cool because when you see it with like if it was randy orton we wouldn't give a shit you know like let's say it was randy orton and uh i don't know drew mcintyre or whoever just regular guys that are always there at the top whatever but these two it's to me it's more exciting and that to me is what brings out more of the fun of a battle royal or a rumble or whatever is when it's two guys who have never been at this pinnacle of their careers before and now they're wrestling each other so i did like that 
you know um and as far as the match go i did like dom doing that springboard um i, I wanted to mention that i don't know if has ray ever done that before um the fact that dom sequence oh, for getting into God. the 619 it seems to be the springboard arm drag into the 619 i really like the way that looks on him. that i've never seen i've never because, seen ray use an arm drag because with, with ray his setup it's the it's the head scissors Swing them into the, the rope, the and the then back. from there, exactly, and then it's the, the to the six one nine. I like the fact that's really cool to me. That it's almost like with Cody and 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 Dustin, the way they both have that drop down, but one does the punch and one does the kick. I like the fact yeah. that his dad does like the head scissors into the six one nine, but the son does a springboard arm drag. You it's know, like he, which and for his height his it looks good finisher, too. But having his own little way to get to it. Yeah, and for the height it looks good too. The setup to get into that I thought was really good. He's really I can't believe how good he is. Right, it's crazy. That kid is. This kid is terrified that it, it, he hasn't even been wrestling six months. They must be so happy. Like, holy shit, we didn't have to do nothing no. with this guy. We didn't have to send this him to no performance center, no, no, no NXT, no, no. no nothing. It's ready. Just straight out just straight out of the packaging, right? You just open the plastic and there it is. Like, <laughs> He's as good as an action figure. This kid is frighteningly good. Like, like I can't wait. I can't wait to see him this time next year. I'm trying to remember the last time that they opened up a, a superstar packaging and everything was already put together like that, right? I can't even think of a time that's worked out that well for them. It's crazy. It has to be like, yeah, like aside from, there's not really anyone that to that level where you can just turn like, it into I mean, like, like a straight up regular we, wrestler. We, we can't say Ronda because Ronda was already an athlete, established athlete before she showed up. Right, and she's a celebrity and there were there was like her, her circumstances are different, but a wrestler who just came out of the sky that was just great without like Ohio Valley wrestling or FCW or anything, you know, like this kid is absolutely incredible. Yeah. That's, he that's has awesome. not disappointed. Not a single bit. Nope. Become one of my favorites easily. Very easily. Yeah. And that's well, what I want to focus on. Once I saw he was the I was ecstatic. Like, hell yeah. yeah. Like, but you see, that's what I want to focus on. Keep in mind, this is once again, the Royal, this is not just Royal, it's royalty free. Because nonetheless, it didn't make it to the pay-per-view. And that's the problem I'm having here. These young guys, I'm glad they got that moment. But uh, I would like to see them in the actual pay-per-view. Not a pre-show. Not a freaking like, I'm pre-show. Sorry. I, like, I'm sorry. I didn't need this 2020 Miz to win this match. Yeah, I'm talking about... Dominic winning this match would have been so much better. I'm talking about Dominic being one of my favorites, Cole, and how, how natural and good he is without needing training. Without at least performance in a training, what I mean by, but yeah, uh, he eliminates Gable, who they've clearly given up on. But at least he gets the rub there, you know. But then there's that part you talked about. Miz was never eliminated. They do the old ah ha ha. I'm from behind and I got gotcha. you. So Miz wins it. Don't know why. I hate the way they. I hate the way they book this angle because like everybody knows you win the battle royale. Your music cues immediately. Yeah. Like that spot kind of loses the kick when I know if the music doesn't cue. I said oh, it out loud sitting here when he first flipped him over the ropes i was like why hasn't the music hit like i didn't know it was the Miz, but when i didn't hear the music hit like i knew something happened you know i didn't know who the hell was gonna come out though because I, I completely missed that Miz part you know it was so bad for me because the second i saw the Miz manage to roll back in the ring before he got kicked back out it was like a countdown uh, i was like yep here uh, it comes just I, start, it to I, I started now. looking like to the very edge of my tv screen trying to see if i can catch him where he come from I always overestimate this company because he, I went into that battle royal without a question in my mind when we got to that last four of it being Dominic because I was thinking to myself as it's happening, oh, well, this makes perfect sense. This is a, this guy's had his first successful WWE storyline from beginning to end and it went really good. He didn't botch at all. Oh, his promos are really good. There's not a single point in which we are able to say anything fucked up that this guy's done. This is their way of showing him 
that at the end of a good angle and at the end of doing a good job for the company for an entire season, there's a reward. You're acknowledged. This will be the kid's first time standing out. But nope, I guess I'm just thinking my own head how things should be because no, this was just Dominic being eliminated. I've been telling you that for how long? <laughs> because it's so weird. It just made sense to me that it was like, that's what you would want the experience of someone who you're going to depend on for like years and years to come to be. Like, you know how we, you know, kind of, Got got him molded into the company. We let him have an angle that he was a part of, that he went through the whole act one, act two, act three ending. And then at the end, we let him get the prize. You know, it's like, here's your reward, you know, so because you, you send, that's how you do it in any place of employment, not just in wrestling. You, you have your employees per season, you know, your employee of the month or whatever. You're acknowledging this person to show that there's incentive to work. So I, I get that it, it'll come down the road just because he's natural. But for me, I just kind of thought that that was the only reason to have this filler match. If you're going to have it come down to the young guys was, we get to just see something happen, some sort of acknowledgement, you know, because the guy comes out like you're right. He does come out with his dad. He comes out with his mom, too. He comes out with their music and shit. He hasn't really had a moment to himself. So, so I just kind of thought that that was what this was going to be like the standout moment for Dominic, who's coming out with his mom and dad every time I see him. But no, we had to get over the fact, hey, could Miz cash in tonight? Spoiler, he didn't. You know, like I just like and it's weird how I wrote I wrote it to myself, which I have to remember not to do with current WWE. I wrote the ending to myself when I watched like once we got to that final four, I was thinking, oh, Dominic, they want to give him the rub because, you know, he's always with his dad. <laughs> See, you, you, can, you can do that with any other company because any other company would have enough common sense to do that. Not here. And don't okay. get me wrong. Somehow him coming out with his family is still less lame than the gun and son thing. Billy gun sons. Son of a gun. You know what? You know, you know what? I could give a <laughs> shit about everybody in the series. No, it's just because, I don't know, they're coming out with your parents. We, we for, for no, we, we know who, don't you lie. We didn't know who Austin was for AEW. Coming out with your parents as wrestlers being your parents, is it, it's very rare that I've seen that and thought that was cool. And yes, obviously, before anybody says it in comments or in the chat room, since I was actually real-time watching it live and a lot of you weren't, when I did watch Soraya Knight and her mother, you know what I mean? Like, uh, that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like when I would see, I remember thinking when I first saw them, that's what kind of made me remember that. It was like, that's cool that it's like a mom and her daughter as a fucking tag team, you know? And I remember like that sometimes she would job out and she would like drag Paige away like angrily and shit. Like she was pissed off that they lost you know, the match. You about to That always stood with me. And because of having that angle, when I saw her in FCW, I remember thinking, oh shit, yeah, look, it's, it's fucking from the, from the storyline from before, you know, which it works in those cases. But for me, this kind of stuff with like father and son, it only works to an extent, you know, like for example, Paige couldn't still be coming out here with her mom now. To her know? mom's music. Right. So again, After we've seen she has her own music. Again, this isn't a complaint. This is just me explaining my logic. So when I saw it, I just immediately thought Dominic and that was it because I figured this is his moment. We'll see him in the ring and his music will play for the first time for just him and he'll be standing with some sort of a fucking trophy or something. But I like the Miz. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just, it just feels weird timing as always with these guys. I, I think what it is is I like the Miz that cashed in 10 years ago. I don't, I don't like this Miz. In fact, this isn't in the misery. This is fucking Mike. I don't like Mike. <laughs> Send Mike away. Bring me back, Miss. That is, I can't argue with that point. And you know, and that, motherfucker, that motherfucker's supporter. at the top of the ring still doing the fucking shark thing. Like he still has a mohawk. Like no. Send Mike away. All right. He's become a caricature. I'll pop Mike Cash. Even Morrison. Both of them become caricatures, right? Like they're like uh, parodies of the actual characters of the Miz and Johnny Morrison. I'm surprised if they, if they could, they'd come out in chibi form. You know, they come out as this keychain version of themselves because that's what they really are. Is it break out the fucking <laughs> shorts again? Like oh, so. <sighs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. So 
so where would you go with this? <laughs> I fucking even know. Like, oh, <laughs> I mean, like in general, like I, Miss, I don't even. Like Miss I was mean, getting. It's like we we wanted the Miss to get a push for uh for so long, you know, and now he has it. Swapped him out for Mike. Yeah, and now instead Mike got a push. Like, oh my god, it's. I I don't even know where you could go with this. Like, like, like I I just feel like. By the time we're talking about the two weeks from now, nothing will have changed. They'll be on the same trajectory before, and we'll be still sitting here like, so why couldn't Dominic get that win? Yep, that's what it's starting to look like. And truth be told, cool. Look, I don't even know if they really messed up his babyface turn because Miz was never that good of a babyface to begin with. That dude is an excellent heel when you actually take him seriously, but as a babyface, it was just like you know my what? dad and my dreams and Shane McMahon and you know what? That's funny because I have to correct myself. A long time ago, that goes to show how far back I go, but a long time ago, I remember you and I had a conversation where I said this is the first time the Miz turned babyface and they were running for Morrison, and you said it wasn't. And I was like, I don't remember any other time. And then recently, I forget where I came across it, but you're right. I I correct myself from back then. I found it before. I totally forgot, and that shows how shitty his face turns are. I totally forgot about the Ric Flair thing. When he was yeah. like, when he had Ric Flair like as a mentor. It was so fucking that's, bad. That's I came across as if he was a face before. before. It was really short, though, right? Like, that couldn't have been yeah, that long. it was long. brief. You know? Like, does that even count? Oh, my God. It was awful. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, like he, yeah, he's never been good. As a, he's one of those kind of guys, he only fits a certain role because his personality can only fit a certain role. And a baby face is not the role he's good at. Because, yeah, think about it. When he's been a baby face, what's he done that's been that memorable? Yeah. I, versus when he's been a heel where most, we watched him beat up on daniel bryan the most memorable thing that he did was when he was worried about daniel bryan and how bray was going to mess with his head and change him and then bray wound up attacking miz and changing him and now we have the miz this with morrison that we got now <laughs> that, that was nothing more than like a transition brilliant storyline right different with daniel bryan like that was like it, it. It wasn't even about the Miz. Like you gotta think about it. Like let's talk about every. Like that's one thing for the Miz as a face that anybody actually remembers. Versus as a heel, turning on John Morrison. Uh, let's see. Tag was it? Uh, yeah, it was turning on John Morrison. The whole thing with uh Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella. The whole thing with John Cena and Nikki Bella. Cashing in WrestleMania. God, feuding with everybody from freaking R Truth and Triple H, like tr- the Miz is not a good babyface because nothing ever actually happens when he's a babyface. The the only difference the thing is is when you hear "awesome," everybody cheers instead of boos. That's it. Like he's the yeah, most that, uneventful babyface I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, but they, they that has to be their fault though. You know what I mean? Like there's stuff that you yeah. can do with that character. It's just that they don't do any of it. Just like ah, oh it's, it's like at this point he's one of those type of guys where it's like I don't want to see him face, I don't want to see him turn face again, just because I don't want to be disappointed. But at the same time, I want to actually take him seriously. And what about Dominic, the second, the second place, the runner up in, in, in this? Well, will he you... cannot that bullshit and start pushing this kid. <laughs> this kid's fantastic on top of fantastic, and you have him lose to the freaking battle royale variation of a dusty finish. That's what it really was, wasn't it? That's really what it is. This is the this is the battle royale version of a dusty finish, and they've done it what six, seven times this year. Like that bit has run its course. First of all, it's it's all right when it happens every once in a while, but they keep doing it, and it's like I'm sitting there thinking to myself, man, remember when the days when people just won battle royales and that was it? Right, I'm right there <laughs> with you. But 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I when it comes to Dominic, I'd like to see him outside of this Murphy dad angle that he's in currently. Yeah, like I don't know. mind them being around every one, every maybe maybe a couple of times, maybe a couple of times a month or so. But like, let him do something by himself. We know he's Ray's kid, but you got to let him be more than that. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like um, being that it was a virus series uh. Over this past week, I watched some of the stuff they've been doing on The Undertaker. I watched that thing uh, about Paul Bearer. They mentioned the fact that it's like it got to a point where they had to split up because you couldn't just have them always together because eventually nobody was going to go anywhere. That's what you got to do with Dominic. You got to break him away for a little while. Yeah. Which The Undertaker, you would have never expected it to work, but it did. Yeah. Because you know. like they, they knew what they were doing. Sometimes those breakups are necessary, but I, I just kind of feel like in the current climate, they're depending too heavily on them because don't get me wrong there's times that i've seen breakups and i thought that it was the worst idea ever and the breakup has worked i mean i can think of a time i was 100 percent wrong in hindsight where i'm like you know what looking back at that that was a good idea and that's uh the game triple h you know i remember when uh what was it wrestlemania 15 when he ran in an xbox uh european title match against shane and everybody yeah. automatically assumed, like, I remember, I didn't even think twice about it. That was back when they were good at doing that, because nowadays you're waiting for it. I remember not even, I was so, like, you were just so used to the DX family that it would have been like if New Day did that nowadays. I did not even think twice about Triple H in China. Now you look at it and you know the story, so it's historically the way it is. I didn't think twice about when they slid in the ring. And it took me a minute when, when like, uh, she fucking, uh, they went in there and Triple H pedigreed him. It was like, wait, what? And I remember thinking, this is ridiculous. Like, they just took off their biggest money-making thing ever and destroyed it, you know? Like, I remember thinking, they'll never be able to fix it. Like, DX was selling T-shirts at the time. They were hot. Women were showing their tits in the crowd. I remember thinking, I can't believe that that's all over now. Like, who the fuck would end that? You know, like, why would you do this? You guys had cool music and shit and pyro. You had a cool look and everything. Everybody, You were as over as I've seen, like, in, like, almost my entire life I've ever seen. And look what? Look, in hindsight, it worked. Because people hated Triple H so fucking much for that, that that disdain and animosity towards him lasted almost the rest of our lives. <laughs> when you, if you look at it that way, yeah. Anyway, uh, you, an example for me with um, I don't know if you remember this way back when when AMW split up in TNA, when freaking uh Storm cracked that beer bottle on uh, damn Chris Harris's face. I almost forgot his name. Jesus Christ! I was just like, no, these guys have been teaming since day one. Yeah, and next thing you know, friggin' James Storm took off to the moon with it. Yeah, and you know what, man? Uh, didn't Bobby Roode do the same thing to James Storm with beer money? Yeah, the same thing was, was the same thing. That, that's what started out Bobby Roode's nine month reign as TNA World Champion. So talk about he, doubling he down. He literally on the heat. turned on his best friend in his first title. Oh, Oops, sorry about that. I didn't mean to do that. But yeah, talk about doubling down on the heat. You know, like I, that's I, like, crazy. <laughs> That was like a, that was, that that wound up being like karma working out great too. The more I thought, it literally just hit me. James Storm turns on on his partner, winds up getting a main, winds up becoming a main eventer. Then years later, his partner turns on him, becomes a main eventer. That's some crazy shit. I don't know what that was. It flashed too fast for me to oh, see. Oh, that was a cooler hosting. Oh, thank you for the host cooler. Yeah, sorry, I wasn't on that screen over there. Yeah, it's like some sometimes this stuff works, but the problem with WWE is, and I think why it won't ever work the same again is like you said, we're waiting for it now. Yeah. And you shouldn't have to, you know. But that, but that's unfortunately what happens when they literally just said they 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 stick to one idea so much, 
to the point where it's like they don't go for anything else. They don't try anything new. That's why it's so amazing that the New Day stuck together for all these years. Because usually by now with a tag team six months in, break up. Yeah, and I'm glad New Day stuck to that, you know? Yeah. It was like a Rollins and Murphy thing. It wound up working out better than I expected. But I, with the second Murphy joined up, I was like, okay, when's the breakup coming? That was too fast, though. Even though it worked out like that, they, they, they never had a stable. They were the greater good, and they had they had the theory guy who went back to NXT, and now the other one who turned on. They forget AOP. They got injured and then canned. Yeah, like that's kind of tragic. <laughs> They've never had a that stable's never been stable. <laughs> yep. What give was it to that? Me. If you could find it there, give it to me. I was already looking. <laughs> I deserve it. I was like, no I started shame. to dig. Holy <laughs> shit. It was like, are you kidding me? Mommy went a long way for a joke, don't you think? Oh, you damn skipping. I'm proud of it, all right? I thought oh, when man. I when I right when it hit me, I was just like, fuck. There's no way I can leave myself alone with that. Alright, well, anyway, let's look at this. I think they have an interview with the winner of the, the battle royale here. Let's see what the hell's going on. <laughs> Congratulations, a very impressive victory on the dual-branded battle royal. That's how it's done. It's the face of USA. It's done. Son, just like that. Hey, John, what's today's date? Uh, November 22nd, 2020. Correct. And what happened 10 years ago today? You passed in that Money in the Bag briefcase. Exactly. Correct. And what venue was that at? I think that was right here in the very same arena. Correct. Tonight. Correct. Understand that I'm not taking this lightly. This is an opportunity of a lifetime. I will watch Drew. I will watch Roman. And if one of them, one of them, seems a little weak at any given moment. Cha-ching. 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 That's a victory, kids. Man. That's a victory. If that, if that taught you anything out there, kids, it means chase your dreams and holy shit, can you fall off the map in 10 years? Yeah. 10 years, we got one of the greatest heel pops in history. 10 years later, this fucker's on the pre show winning a battle where you held. Nobody's going to care about it in a week. That's the way it has to be sometimes. Bitch. All right. Well, so what was the first official match? Because <laughs> we, we haven't gotten off oh the kickoff yet. That's just how many people look. We get a good coverage of it. We covered a lot of the people. That, that, that lasted longer than the match itself. Men's but Survivor yeah, uh, Series match was the first, right? Team Raw versus yep. Team SmackDown. Team Raw consisting of AJ Styles, Keith Lee, Braun Strowman, Riddle, and Sheamus against Team SmackDown with Jey Uso, King Corbin, Kevin Owens, Otis, and Seth Rollins. Finished by the way, Keith Lee with new music. No more jobber theme. Much better improvement. He's singing his lyrics in this. I'd like to hear it again uh, at some point. Sounds very interesting. Uh, Keith Lee catches Jay Uso out of the air into the spirit bomb. Jay Uso doesn't realize he's the last man standing, by the way. That goes to show how the SmackDown team didn't, I, I mean, it just made them seem like they were useless, you know? Like, it, they, it was a, what's so bad about this was, first of all, yeah, yes, raw, complete, clean sweep. But I love how the team that gets along better gets wiped. Yeah, they got completely wiped there. Um, so what basically happens is Jay's by himself and he doesn't realize that a blind tag has been made. So he goes for his superfly splash and then he gets blindsided by Keith Lee, who catches him into the spirit bomb. Yes, he got, when he caught him, I thought he was going big bang catastrophe, but he wanted to pop him up into the air into that spirit bomb. 
Yeah, so really good looking. Uh, as far as the rest of the match goes, it was, uh, like I said, it's a shame that you get a match like this and everyone in SmackDown was deemed useless. Like they basically said that this match wasn't worth a shit, you know. And then you had the Seth Rollins thing here, you know, where uh, this was just annoying. Yeah, where he basically sacrifices himself, right? Ring going toe to toe with Sheamus. Let's go, Sheamus. Come on, and he's standing there. Come on, let's get this. Oh, he drops to his knees. He goes, This is for the greater good. Offered himself up for a sacrifice. Oh my god, and a bro kick by Sheamus, and here's the cover and a hook to the leg, and Rollins is and eliminated. So you don't even get Seth Rollins in this match because it was for the greater good. <laughs> you know, just you know, silly. And uh it's funny because you hear Otis on the outside, he's like, Why'd he get on his knees? <laughs> oh my god, that was the only thing that made me laugh in this. Yeah. But what was so bad is leading up into this day, I was like, hmm. So we know Seth is going away because Becky's about to have her kid. I was like, hmm, I wonder what they're going to do for this injury angle. Like, are they going to, is he going to get jumped before the match? Are they going to put him through the table? I even went as far as, hey, they're going to throw him into one, the, throw him into the, one of the Thunderdome screams. And this motherfucker got on his knees and just took a bro kick. That's it. They have a heel that they've been building for an entire year that created a cult with followers in it that then put a family in disarray and remove the father's eye and tried to turn the daughter against her father and did all this crazy shit stole people's phones violated their privacy and now they have a storyline where they need to get rid of him and out of all the things that they could have done the only thing they did was have him have a witness me moment really (laughs) (laughs) like can you believe that yes <laughs> I'd like to tell you no, but let's be real, I'd be lying to myself. There's just so much that this is another case where there's just so much that could have been done. You know? And, and instead the when they tried. And instead we get fucking Seth Rollins without anything. You know? Without So they're already down one guy and then the other guys are just basically deemed useless in this entire thing. Just one by one, they get picked off. And the, and the match isn't suspenseful to watch because I know, as much as they're pushing Jey Uso, he's not going to beat the entire Raw team. So like you're he just had wondering. him in a little super kick party. He died a couple of times. But then, like, that was it. Yeah. But, like I said, there's no suspense in a match that's being dealt with like that. You know, it's just booked like crap. Like, I remember... God, it, well, it might have been maybe 2005, 2004, I think. Mm-hmm. It was that year... That um, it was one of the years that Randy Orton basically. Remember that was that time when three years in a row Randy was sole survivor. It might have been the second one, but I remember that mo- that point when they you know bloodied up, beaten up Shawn Michaels, and I think he eliminated what like three people back to back. But the match had been going on for a hot minute, and Raw's team got grinded down. Yeah, and it was at a point where it was like, holy shit, he had another one. Oh shit, he got another one. Jay didn't eliminate a single person. Yeah, and I know in the chat room you mentioned that uh the the finger point of Doom was was for heat, uh, but honestly, dude, I know you didn't like it, but so was this. I mean, it is heat. Rollins got heat. He 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 let down his his team, and it wasn't as bad as the finger point of Doom. 
because that was for the world heavyweight title. That was the main yeah. event for the world the heavyweight thing, championship. And you know, people see, like, got a finger um, I, I think it was what yeah, William said that uh, the figure it was still not as bad as that. The thing I pointed out, I was like, well, at least the finger point of doom had some kind of an end game. I don't know, dude. I have to disagree. The finger point of doom. Imagine going to see a main event and it's a finger point. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like, it was the whole thing like they, they played and like, it's the, oh, the main event, go. you know, like next up main event. And all you get is a finger point. And then yeah, the NWO dancing around. Like, they, they put it where it's like they made it seem like Nash and Hogan were going against each other for weeks. And then it was just like kicking the nuts. Whereas this, what the fuck is he getting on his knees for? Because he lost to Murphy on Friday? Right, but what I'm saying is that he got on his knees and it creates heat for the character Seth Rollins because he was eliminated at Survivor Series. He let his team down. And you can continue to watch hours and hours more of the pay-per-view and be entertained. Whereas with WCW, it was the main event for the World Heavyweight title and it was a single finger point was the entire match. What if, like, what if I was terminally ill and I was at that pay-per-view? My last match was a finger point and then I died. You know what I mean? Like, whereas on the other one, with Survivor Series, yeah, the Seth Rollins thing sucks, but the show kept going. And there was more things to happen, and it didn't blow the whole match. They blew the whole match anyway. Yeah. But, but it's like with, with, with but Rollins didn't point, break, like, Rollins didn't break the whole company. Like, the finger point kind of broke the company just because it was for the world title. It, it brought two, fat, two feuding factions together into one. It left almost no baby faces. And uh, it was just a mess, you know, where it's like with this, it's like Rollins, he did a stupid thing for a storyline, whatever, and they messed up the rest of it. So I don't think this is worse just because there was no world heavyweight title on the line. Yeah, And I think for me, it's just like with at least a finger point, they talked about it later on. Ain't nobody going to talk about this shit on my Oh, they'll definitely talk about this. <laughs> it's go, part of the Rollins character, Rollins the greater good thing. I'm, 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 I think they, they'll talk they, about it. They might it. talk about it for a week. When Rollins gets back, we ain't going to hear about this shit. Rollins just gonna be like, "Oh, the Messiah's back." And they're not gonna be like, "Well, what about that time he just sacrificed himself at Survivor Series?" This company barely remembers shit that happened a week earlier. Yeah, is gonna, gonna be gone for about. a while. Like, Sheamus is gonna be in the Guinness Book of World Records, though, man. Like, how many people have this happened to where he just broke kick somebody and they died? You know, like Daniel Bryan at one WrestleMania 27, right? Wasn't that? Wasn't he? Yeah, that was more memorable because at least that went somewhere. Afterwards. You know, sometimes Sheamus gets these one shot kills. You know, weird. But yeah, like, that I was kind of like, stupid. I think that's what bothers me the most. It's like, that's how they write him off with mm-hmm. one move. Yeah, very, very disappointing. I did like Keith Lee and Otis having that exchange in the middle of the ring. That was pretty cool. Two big guys exchanging uh, blows and stuff. And wait, Otis, Otis uh, then, then gets into it with Braun. Braun, Braun he went up slapping him really hard. Braun didn't sell for him at all, though. He just hit the ropes with a low drop kick. Come on, Braun. Like the, the, the fucking slap made sound. You didn't sell at all. Go back and watch. He didn't even no reaction, yeah. no physical reaction. Like that's that's this the kind of underworld and you and Russell Tyler doesn't mean you don't you don't sell. I like Owens getting getting uh taken out by the phenomenal forearm uh after he hit the stunner party. So he kinda went out like a warrior, you know, like everyone's in the ring, they're all they're all kind of like dashing at him. So he's got midsection blowing stunner. Um the only mi- minor gripe though is like he doesn't seem to have the organic natural smooth way that stone cold would transition people into the stunner where it was literally super fast where owens it looks like he struggles a little at that transition of catching them in the cutter position before bringing them down so i'm you know it's always been an issue i really know yeah but i mean i guess with him not using it as long as austin that's still something he's got to work on yeah absolutely riddle takes out corbin with his floating bro they don't even call it that Maybe Vince got tired of that shit. He was like, don't call that the floating bro. I noticed they didn't no, say nothing. Didn't. Uh, let's be real. We, we, we know what it is. They forgot. 
Yeah. Otis slammed Braun and even laid in the caterpillar, though. Even though that he didn't sell the slap, he had to sell the slam. He fl- he sell the, you know, he did the slam and then the caterpillar. As weird as it is for that to be a caterpillar, sure. Before being taken out by a running power slam, though. So unfortunate. That's how Otis uh, gets his comeuppance. But yeah, all that being said, spots that I remember after all that fighting over the weeks, the SmackDown team proved 100% useless. They proved that apparently they can't even beat a team that doesn't even get along. Yeah, that doesn't look good for them. Doesn't look good at all. But I mean, hey, they won't they won't remember it in 24 hours, so. Yeah, none of these angles last that long. Team Raw, on the other hand, they did a good job, man. Kudos to them. USA Network must be very proud to have a team that didn't completely lose. <laughs> Team Raw, congratulations. Ah, Working together, proving you are the best of the best, doing a resounding fashion because not even one of you, none of you guys were eliminated tonight. How'd you do it? Well, personally, I did it by just uh, doing my own thing. I want to say something. Focus on the team. That's just what it is. Super good fight. And when I power Sarah, 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 as team captain, let me just say that. Hell no. You know what, guys? It, It worked. I was your captain. I led the way. You're welcome. <laughs> I don't know why anybody want to be captain of the team. Like, let it go. Let it go. There's no there's no captains. You're just all the teams. Just work together, shut the fuck up, and win. Like, it became a running gag. Not even funny at that. No, nah, it really wasn't. It's all the gag, no laugh. Well, so what was next on our card here? Oh, God, let's see. I believe we had the first of uh, the first of the singles. This was uh, the IC and the U.S. title. Was it now? Do I have it wrong? Then? I feel like oh, wait. I'm... No, 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 no. My mistake. My mistake. It was a... Uh, God, one of the probably the best matches of this night. Yeah, it was, it was uh, the Raw versus SmackDown tag team match, right? Street Profits, yeah, Street Profits yeah, representing Day, SmackDown, and uh, New Day representing Raw. Finishing Street Profits, hitting an Avalanche blockbuster. Ford, it was like a Doomsday blockbuster. Ford with the high spot part of it. Dawkins with the cover. Yeah, this yeah. match was fantastic, uh, and it wasn't so much a Doomsday device, but they did have them in the. We had uh Montez Ford had them in the fireman's carry position. And then uh, you had uh, this guy come out with the blockbuster part of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You mean uh, Dawkins had him in that uh, right, right. electric chair. And then. Yeah, Montez I'm sorry. Electric chair. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, this was. <laughs> this match was all over the fucking place. Yeah, they did a really good job with both of these teams. I didn't expect yeah. the uh, the Street Profits to go over just because I did kind of feel like what they said in the middle of the match at one point when they said that this was going to be a case of Kofi saying, sorry, young man, but not not yet. I kind of felt that way. Like, the Street Profits are still sorry, young man, not yet, in my opinion, as good as they are. But I mean, the New Day have only been on top for forever and a day, you know? Like, that's they, true. We've had, really we, going to hurt them to lose this. Yeah, we've had I our think that's of- kind of the way they were thinking about it. Yeah, because I mean the new day when it comes to tag teams, the new day have their spot locked in. Like they're they're good. They could never win for the rest of the year, and they're still probably one of the best tag teams we've had. Whereas I like the Street Profits, they like I think this was the biggest win they've ever had. So they that on a stage like this and a match like this, they they definitely needed this. Yeah. But I mean, it was absolutely incredible. I love the fact that, and I didn't expect them to, I don't know why I didn't actually expect them to plug it. Um, it was shown earlier this week that Gears of War 5 has now all three New Day members in it. And mm-hmm. the New Day came out in their Gears of War gear. Yeah, it looked really cool. I didn't expect it, to, it either. But yeah, look at how they looked there. That's awesome, right? That is so <laughs> cool. <laughs> 
That's right, Tom. I saw the trailer earlier. I never expected uh, the Gears armor to look that good on them. Yeah. I, and I love how um, Woods decked out his trombone with all, with all the chains of a Lancer. Yeah, right. The only thing that could have made this better is if they would have had a working one. It's the only thing that could have done to make it better. <laughs> but uh, this was actually really cool. That's actually a really cool nod for them, though. Yeah, I actually reinstalled my gears just so I could check out the armor. Yeah, actually, um, not too long before the pre-show, I uh, popped into a multiplayer match, and I think I played with Kofi. Yeah, they look really good. They even have their own audio in the game, too. Yeah, I heard they, they recorded 75 lines or something like that. Yeah, somewhere around that. Quite a, quite a few lines. So. Yeah, they recorded a bunch of stuff. But yeah, I thought that looked really cool, uh, especially in yeah, a game like that. That's 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 big because now this is what this is now four WWE people who are in there because Batista's in there now. They actually even added a thing now where um you can actually play I believe through the main story as Batista like he has his own lines and everything. Well, it's and just Batista playing the role of Marcus Phoenix. Yeah, but yeah, See, yeah, it's basically Batista going through all of Marcus's lines. Yeah, but yeah, this that's that's fucking cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, that new move that they mentioned that Dawkins did wasn't that basically Dustin Rhodes' current finisher? Um, yeah, that's or a, something um, close to it. It's similar to the Final Reckoning, I believe. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. he hasn't. He just recently started uh pulling that out. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, one of the stories of this match wound up being a, a New Day working on Ford's uh midsection, as uh they say in the old boxing day, putting money in the bank, and uh yeah, it wound up coming back coming back to bite them because at one point they uh, went for the cash out. And when Ford hit the frog splash, which minor uh, selling detail that I love that Ford did, he didn't extend like he usually does. Right. Like even going through the execution, he looked hurt. But when he mm-hmm. landed, it messed up it his took mid-section. him maybe a solid 10 seconds to get to the pin. Yeah. And that was sort of what cost him there. And uh, I got to say, and I mentioned this briefly before, but Angelo Dawkins, you know, who used to just kind of be somewhat fat and out of shape and wasn't really doing much. He's looking a lot better. Uh, and less lazy in the ring and you see like a lot more action from him a lot more athleticism and uh it just works really well like look at his figure here he, he's definitely lost weight uh yeah. from the guy that we saw originally just like everyone else in wwe that's the one thing you can say about being in the company most people who wind up in this company are in the best shape of their lives when they're here look at braun but yeah dawkins here he looked really good and uh i like everything that he was putting together good looking guy yeah. man dude yeah. was moving like this is one of my favorite things they did that double uh spinning snagger splash. Yeah, see that. Which like, I've never seen him hit two so that was like in a, a row like that. Like this was this move was cool. Like a butterfly spinning neck breaker. I don't know what that thing was. Yeah, see that's the one I thought seemed like almost like a Dustin move, like the final reckoning, but it was like double underhooked in a way. It looked. I'm not sure. Yeah, I I couldn't even tell what it was, but whatever it is, it looked like the quality of like a single finishing move. Yeah, and he uses a signature. You know, it's not bad though. Yeah. You know, it's a good thing that he came up because, you know, you don't want them, him, the other guy to get too good and then leave this guy in the dust, you know, exactly. but, but Ford does kick out of the midnight hour. We're talking about the fact that uh, you had uh, this whole midsection thing happen to him, but they, they do get their props back in the sense that a uh, new day's finisher is no good either. But they point out the, the counter to this one being that Big E wasn't the one doing the big ending part of it. So they yeah, didn't have the, because... the normal amount of weight that they do when they hit this move. It was Kofi and, and Woods. So someone, yeah, because the original Midnight Hour is virtually a DET and then Big E's finisher. Right. So someone else doing Big E's finisher is not Big E's finisher. So essentially, the reason why uh, they were able to kick out was because it wasn't. It didn't have the same impact as when it's all three of them. 
you know, because we'd yeah, be using kind of, Biggie. Because after um after the midnight hour didn't work, my instinctive thought was, wait a minute, they have the daybreak, that second finisher that Woods and Kofi always do. Right, but instead, so it Kofi, kind of became uh, the point like if they can crack that off, they might be all right. Yeah, but instead, Kofi goes for three boom drops, following up the kick out of the midnight hour, I guess, to try to uh, you know get some more fatigue in them. Uh, I did like Montez sh- um, shadowing Kofi, hitting a trouble in paradise right behind him. That was a really cool <laughs> spot there. Yeah, Kofi went for one, missed it, and Montez hit a decent one. Yeah, good showing here, right? Good yeah, stuff. These guys, uh, these guys showed out. You know, that's the kind of stuff that I like to see. <laughs> yeah, well, those uh, when it comes to top guys in the tag in both tag those tag team divisions, uh, Raw and SmackDown are in good hands at the moment. So. Congratulations, you are the best of the best tag team champions. It looks like this win in this match was more meaningful to the Street Profits. Oh yeah, most definitely. First off, look, our respect to the New Day. Shouts out to the New Day. Look, man, we ain't in this position without them. They were ten time tag champs for a reason. They've done a lot. They've been a been the head cornerstone in the tag division for six years, and we got to tip our hats to them. And they gave every bit of – they showed why they've been on top of the game for six years. And I just felt like it was our time tonight. You know what I'm saying? It was our time. We've been looking for this moment forever, man. While we were at the PC, New Day was on top. We were grinding. We were like, yo, how crazy would it be if we went up against New Day? How crazy would it be if we get to lock up with two of the the best to ever do it pretty much? And we're honored and we're thankful. And – the smoke was with us tonight. Montez, how are you feeling right now? Uh, you know what? My tag team partner, my brother, I said it all. You know, given the circumstance of everything that's happened this year in 2020, and for us to go out there with everything that's weighted on our shoulders, everything that's happening to the whole world at this point, for us to go out there with everything on our shoulders and still show the world that we're the best of the best, no matter what countdown list, whatever you want to call it, we're the best of the best. The Street Profits. Now, with that being said, grab some OJ, some apples, some bananas, no peel, some pistachios, some salt and pepper and vinegar, and some oregano, and some uh, some bread. And meet me by them railroad tracks on uh, 63rd. What? These motherfuckers Keenan and Kel their way out of there. Come on, fam. Why you ain't mentioning gummy worms? What the fuck? What just happened? I don't know. Yo, Montez Ford really keen and killed his way out of that interview. That was different. Yeah. <laughs> that was different. Can't argue with that. But anyway, that, that was good. Everything was good as far as that match goes. See, so so far, so good, man. I don't really have much complaints about these matches. I mean, I guess I have a Survivor Series male match was, was shit. You know, and, this- uh, and weekly play at AKA Ashley. What's up? But, uh, that and the the pre show was just unneeded. Like, mm-hmm. but then again, does that match ever really go anywhere? So, so next we get the Raw versus SmackDown US versus IC Champion match. Bobby Lashley representing the United States Championship with Sami Zayn representing the IC. Finish being Lashley with the Hurt Lock. Uh, I mean, honestly, this felt like a time filler TV match. Lots of hurt business stuff on the outside. Heels working heels because Sammy's a whiny heel. They're aggressive heels. He's trying to escape. I don't know why. It's not like he's trying to protect his title. There is no protecting your title. So why leave? You lose the match anyway and you don't get the recognition or notoriety or whatever. But here we go. We just get some filler match here. You know? Like nothing really eventful happened in this match. They don't let Sami Zayn wrestle like the Ring of Honor, El Generico, Sami Zayn, or even anybody close to it. I don't recognize this guy. 
that they have here, this clown. You know, the character of Sami Zayn is interesting, but the, uh, I guess it doesn't work if the character can actually defend himself because he kicked the shit out of a lot of these guys. You know what I mean? Like he was a top ring of honor guy. So, uh, I don't know. It just kind of gets on my nerves when we, when we, uh, we have this kind of nonsense going on, you know? Yeah, it just, it doesn't make sense. Once again, this match was not needed. I would rather just see an Intercontinental or United States Championship match. And what blows my mind the most about it is that it's not like they're keeping it a secret because Sami Zayn, didn't he have like a crazy match in NXT against Cesaro where they let them just kind of wrestle the way that they're known to wrestle? They let those like two tear the match. whole house down. So what? So like everyone already knows, you know what I mean? Even if they're not counting no, the indies, what, like they, they exposed what, what, it at least for that one match or a few ring of the few, I almost call NXT ring run, but the few NXT matches, everybody knows that the guy can go and you're having this shitty matches so, where he doesn't um, have any offense. When he first came up to the main roster, that U.S. style match with John Cena, where he tore his freaking arm in his entrance, even with a busted up arm, that kid stole the whole show. Only in a company like this can someone who's one of the greatest fucking wrestlers just be some random complaining guy. I've seen him take people like Bobby Lashley and hit them bigger people than Bobby Lashley and hit them with brain busters on the top turnbuckle. That was his finisher. On the top, he would carry you to the top turnbuckle bigger than him. And hit them on that top pad with a brain buster. I've never seen anybody do some shit like that before. Tell me last time you've seen a top rope brain buster. I didn't know there was a thing until him. They probably would never allow that here, first of all. So I kind of get they that barely part of allowed it. regular brain They brain would buster. never let you hit a top rope brain buster. So I get that's why you're, you're going to have the halluva kick and that's it. You know? But uh, it's just a shame that you have a guy like this who we know he's capable of so much more. And instead, they give him nothing. And he's getting buried by a guy who isn't even so much as a 16 as good as he is yeah heartbreaking man but i uh, wonder why people are leaving but the match itself it had the quality of a television match this was clearly just stuffed in there you know and it didn't really mean much it doesn't really say much this, it's not like these guys were feuding this match only happened because they both had titles exactly that, that was the build to this match which they is not it's, it's well not clash of champions though so there's no reason for that to be the logic you know well, yeah, they both have targets. you mean, have to have I, them fight you could actually have you know what you could do guess what it was like when i was a kid and I was growing up. You know how Survivor Series... The titles. Because some people won't even remember because that's how long it's been since they've done the actual Survivor Series pay-per-view. But just to explain to you guys, and it's going to be my age showing, the lineup. Survivor Series used to be Survivor fucking series. Every match on the card was a four-on-four four or a five-on-five. Five. And you had all these different groups fighting each other. It was all matches like that and things like that. Not just fucking just one and a bad one or a corny one. You had a lot of different matches that were Survivor Series style matches. And it wasn't just because they're on opposite shows. Yeah, so this didn't really progress anyone's uh, stuff here, but whatever, you know. None of these matches did. Bobby, congratulations tonight, defeating the Intercontinental Champion, Sami Zayn. Now, of course, representing the Hurt Business. You guys come in very confident, and you certainly proved it tonight with your dominant performance. Congratulations. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sammy, beating Sammy. I did what I was supposed to do, but um, look how good these guys look, man. The Hurt Business is business. Look at these guys. Talk about what we're going to do next. Tell them, P, what are we going to do next? Well, you talk about confidence, stepping into a situation with confidence. Smart move, pass the mic. This is a kaiju, a monster. Among, this is Bobby Lashley to my left. You have the future tag team champions right here. I had confidence in these gentlemen when they forgot who they were. 
when they forgot what they were supposed to be doing. And now they've regained their own confidence. And it's just a matter of time. Tick, tick, tick. Until their tag team championships go with this United States championship. Tonight is Survivor Series, best of the best. We're not concerned about red. We're not concerned about blue. We fight for the black and gold. Thanks so much. Looking sharp and congratulations. You know what? There's one thing that I have to say and I have to give credit for. These guys are probably some of the only guys left in WWE that are. They do look like they're stars. They have a good look. Their stable looks good together. It works. You know what I mean? Nothing like this is this works, man. You know, this is the most successful thing they've done in a long time. Who would have thought? But I really don't have any complaints about the hurt business at this point with the company out of everything. That's the one thing that's looks well. And, uh, it shares elements with what wrestling's supposed to be. Like, when's the last time that we've seen people that have come on looked like the horsemen, you know, or like evolution, that they've looked like they're stars. You see the way these guys are dressed and the way they carry themselves and shit, where if you saw them, you would just see the stardom of them. You know what I mean? And it's like, nobody else has that now. So I do like this, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the Sami Zayn stuff, unfortunately, on the opposite brand. It's, and it's getting old also with Sami Zayn with the belt and the, you know, the icy belt and the complaining and stuff. I get that it's the gimmick, but man, can we evolve the gimmick like a little bit so that the guy's not always just complaining about shit? But it's such good shit. We can't evolve it. Yeah, I don't know. <sighs> tell me, tell me how that's allowed to stand. Tell me how that is allowed to stand. Tell me how that's not a conspiracy. Tell me how that's not a sabotage, an injustice that was carried out towards me. Not only did MVP trip me out there, and then he put his hands on me and he he physically assaulted me and rolled me into the ring, and yet there was no disqualification. Somehow the ref managed to not be paying attention, oh, and, and things just happened to go the way of the United States champion. Isn't that a coincidence how things always seem to go the way of the man representing the United States? The United States, which, is there anything more American than changing the rules as you go along to serve your own interests? Maybe the only thing more American than that is exporting injustice globally to every country, to every continent that I represent with this intercontinental championship. And now how fitting it would be that this injustice from the United States champion would be passed down onto me, onto this champion, the intercontinental champion, the champion of the people. This is, this is not, listen, I don't care about me. You think I care about me? I don't, I don't. You didn't sabotage me. You didn't hurt me. You didn't rob me. You robbed the people. The people that love me globally, the people that love me on every country and every continent all across the world, the people that look at me and say, c'est le no champion. That's what they say about me all over the world. He is our champion. So you didn't hurt me tonight, Bobby Lashley. No, hurt business, you didn't hurt me. United States, you didn't hurt me. You carry this injustice out on the people. Now, I'm, look, I'm an intellectual, I'm, I'm a philosopher, and I don't know where I stand on the, on the whole idea of karma, but my God, right now, do I hope it exists. Bobby Lashley, I hope karma comes back to you and it comes back to the Hurt Business and you get everything that you deserve for what you did, not to me, but to the people. And as for the people that I represent with this championship as the intercontinental champion, the champion of every continent, of every country all over this beautiful planet, to you beautiful people, I say this, I will continue to raise your heads, to raise your spirits, the same way you continue to hold me on a pedestal. I promise that I will make this right. 
I remember once upon a time, I watched El Generico get package pile driven through a ladder. Now he gets tripped, and they're now talking about he assaulted you. Me. Tripped me. See what happens Ref. when you come to this company, Ref. people. You see your foot? And that's off. Hmm. Anyway. So what's up with this? I've fallen and I can't get up. Sammy Zane, like a backstage. Roman dismisses Jimmy. I don't know why Jimmy only shows up for pay per view cameos now, but there's Jimmy backstage. I could tell them apart now. One's over. Anyway, um, he dismisses Jimmy and he tells Jay that he lost because his team doesn't respect him and that he better make his team respect him. And uh, I love how I, he turned that whole thing back around so they don't respect me. And then he was like, you know what? Just get out of here. I like that he told me, just get out of time for losers. Go. Go with your brother. If, that, that's, that's great brainwashing because he made him seem like going with his brother is the negative thing. Go with your shitty brother. Can't be a champion like me. Go with the squad. I just love how. I recognize the look Jay gave him. Jay gave him that, are you going to beat me or not look? What's up, Weekly Planet? But yeah, that was, that to me, that, that made my day. You know, I like, I like Heel Roman so much. He's such an aggressive, nasty bastard. You know what I'm saying? He's just an asshole. It's right. It's wonderful. Yeah. Real major fun with him. It's, it's weird how, what the change is from the Roman that we had before this, you know? What a difference a pandemic makes. And nobody's sticking their fingers in his own shit. They just, yeah, they're not like what are you saying? This has been a lot of Roman and Paul. Like, yeah, we'd have yeah. had that before. Maybe we wouldn't have. That they problem. do. They write most of the creative for their segments, and uh, it definitely reflects very well here. That explains it because there's actual creative. Yeah, real creative there. So next we have the women's Raw versus SmackDown champion match: Asuka representing Raw, with Sasha Banks representing SmackDown. Finish being Sasha going over. What was that? She she rolled Asuka essentially into a pin, right? Yeah, basically, um, Oscar hit her with a head kick, and she went to bounce off the rope, and it looked like it was going to be a shining wizard, some kind of a charge, and Sasha basically, um, Sasha somehow caught her and rolled her up and got the pin. Mm-hmm. Like, it was so fast, I wasn't even sure what happened. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, but I mean, they had mentioned, and like I kind of figured this was, I was hoping this direction they went. Sasha got yet another monkey off her back because she had never pinned Oscar one on one before this night. Yeah, so she definitely needed it. And as usual, when you have these two girls, like you get a nice aggressive match. Uh, oh, smash mouth affair! Very cool. I like that Sasha went from being um, the sidekick to Bailey to essentially now being able to once again hold her own as champion. You know, and being formidable to somebody like Asuka because they kind of need that. And uh, Asuka's good as always. They kind of need to, uh, I don't know if it's just her. I like that too, the, the way she came down there. I don't know if it's her or if it's part of their influence, but they kind of need to chill out a little bit now with Asuka maybe. Maybe a little bit less dancing and goofing around. You know, this is what I'm talking about where it's like slowly over time the the, the characters lose the serious aspect of themselves more and more. You know what I mean? Like, how soon until Oscar's just driving up in a clown car? <laughs> you yeah, know, trying... trust me, trust me, that's all of them. Because Sasha was being really serious during this whole thing. She just came off of, like, a dark storyline. She was turned on by her friend and essentially nearly killed, you know? So she's all about being serious. And then you have Oscar on the other side of the ring while, while Sasha's sh- shooting this uh, uh, really deadly promo on SmackDown, and she's kind of dancing and fucking around. You know what I mean? Which is yeah, which, like, which I, I, get want... they try, I get they try to pull it off as, like, oh, it's psychological. But there's a line. Yeah, and and it, and, and you're, once your psychology doesn't work, that's when it's time to, to cross that line. You know, like well, your psychology we, we have failed. To remember this. We have to remember this is the girl who killed all of NXT seven times over for over yeah. 500 days. Like, let's not 
forget that people. And I and I get it. You can't always be on top. Someone's time at the top is very limited. But I'm I'm not even saying change anything about the match. Just change the way Asuka portrayed a little bit more serious for a match against somebody like Sasha Banks. If you want to put over that she's facing, that's how you make. That's how you put over the other girls. That's how you make other people, which is what I feel they're missing out on. If you want to put somebody over, when you have a character like that that doesn't take people seriously, you put them over by having them take that person seriously. Like, imagine how much more effective it would be for Sasha if when she got in the ring with Asuka, instead of Asuka, ooh, hoo, 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 blah, 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 like dancing and leaping, like for once, because she hasn't done it in months, she stood there like stoic and serious. You know what I mean? And the commentary go to sold it and been like, you know, we normally see Asuka out here playful, but you know. She's showing respect to the, to the, to the fucking SmackDown Women's Champion. You know, she understands this, uh, the, the danger she's in or something. But it was like, literally, she's like making like, like hopping from foot to foot, making like monkey sounds. And stuff. She's like Dragon Ball Super Goku versus Dragon Ball Z Goku, you know? It was just kind of like, where did, what happened to you? How come you're like, go parody now? <laughs> and it's like, I get, I get to an extent, like it's Oscar also having fun, but it's like, kind of reel it back just a little bit. Yeah. Cause, Cause like, we, we, we know it's no secret. Oscar is a walking cartoon. But yeah. reel it back a little bit. Just a little bit, you know. But yeah, absolutely. Sasha, you and Oscar have had multiple back and forth battles. What does this prove for the SmackDown Women's Champion and the SmackDown Women's Division? <laughs> oh, you didn't know? <laughs> well, you need to call somebody and check it out because the legit, a boss, the standard, the blueprint is the best. Of the best. You see, I've been saying it for a very long time, Elise, a very long time. But tonight, I show the entire WWE universe that I'm the standard, that I am the leader, that I am the star, that I am the marquee of the WWE, and I am the face of this company. So as far as the SmackDown Women's Division, you are looking at it. Okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That's right. I'm the best. You Cardi B one more time. I swear to God, I'll kick you in the throat. <laughs> Unbelievable. No. That is a bad Sasha. <laughs> All right. Well, next we had, uh, unfortunately, going back to the kickoff with the gobbledygooker oh, winning oh. the 24-7 title. At this point, uh, I believe it's Tozawa who lures him out with fucking bird seed. Right? It's like a fucking act. Me cartoon. He lures out a person in a mascot costume with bird seed. You know, like, oh, since he's in a mascot costume, that'll make perfect sense to the demographic, the 18 to 49 demographic that we're so desperately trying to cling to every day because who else but the 18 to 49 demographic thinks of fucking mascots eating bird seed? This is perfectly acceptable. If you're not, you can't top this, man. This is perfectly acceptable if you're not targeting a specific demographic. I have no complaints. You could put Barney out there dancing with fraggles, eating doozer sticks, juggling gremlins, telling stories to Muppet babies. I don't give a fuck what you choose. But what I'm saying is that if your target, which we know since we talk about it every week, is the 18 to 49 demographic and that literally no number below that number matters at all. Meaning USA and Fox don't give a shit if you give them 2 billion 1 to 17 people or anyone 50 to 75. They don't care at all if you t- give them the whole planet worth of 1 to 17. 
because all of the commercials and all of their ads that they're paying are all targeted towards the 18 to 49 demographic. I don't think that they're going to believe that the gobbledygooker in a mascot suit eats fucking birdseed. Nor should the wrestlers that are also, by the way, 18 to 49. And, and not even like convincingly eat it. Like he like pecks at it and shit. This motherfucker threw this shit like ten feet into the air. All I hate that. I hate that that's that that's allowed to exist in the same universe as Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker. See, I DK and I died from that universe a long time ago. <laughs> you know, like what? like this, like like, this, like 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 for the past few years we've been in GT. Too much humor in wrestling that's done poorly. You know, do do Kevin Feige style humor. Don't do this kind of humor. See, and th- did this happen during the show? I don't even know if it did. It did, right? This is what we were talking about, right? Yeah, this was it. This was it. I didn't even know if this, I this was going to be an after thing. See, this is, see what I'm talking about? Like, this is a fucking adult. Well, the good are obviously in a celebratory mood. Is he Wiley Coyote? Is he hungry? No, he's now? a bird, Tom. Oh, the victory meal. That's the trap, Wiley. I feel so bad oh, for wait, commentary, wait man. Wait a minute, it's Tazawa! Oh no! Tazawa with a ninja Kick referee! Kick out! Kick out, Gobbledy! Tazawa's beating the Gobbledy Cooker for the 24 7 title! Because it's Birdseed! But here comes R Truth and he knocks him out with Birdseed! Oh! oh. R Truth with a bag of Birdseed! Truth's got his baby back! Alright! Happy Thanksgiving anniversary! For a 45th time. Oh, my God. I, I, I don't know what insults me more. The fact that this bit's still going to the fact that these fuckers are keeping track of the number. I, I never was going to be able to keep track of that. I didn't even care to. But someone is. That person probably has no friends, no family, and no life. So lame. Anyway, so R-Truth has his title back just in time for more antics tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw. That brings us to the Women's Survivor Series match. Team Raw being represented by Lana, Lacey Evans, Nia Jax, Peyton Royce, and Shayna Baszler against Team SmackDown. Being represented by Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, Natalia, Bailey, and Ruby Riot. And at least they can say one thing. It's the most unique Survivor Series elimination ever. It's, uh... I couldn't even keep it together. The fuck just happened? I'm, like, so disappointed and mad... I don't even know how to explain the different reasons why. So the finish to this match (laughs) is that Lana is the sole survivor. Not the the sole survivor as she eliminated the whole team. She's the last one standing. but uh, On the steps. She's the last one standing on the steps because they kind of sent her away from her corner. Like, which is really weird let's go into a little bit of the match because it's really it's so hard to explain the stupidity here but by the end of it i promise you uh and if not don't listen to the show anymore fuck you because i really feel strongly about this but 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 by the end of this, i promise you i'll give you my perspective honestly so essentially they throw lana out and i believe the reason they they, they didn't even throw her out like from her corner they have her walk like a few inches away towards the steel step so she's still there much but she's just, to where she can't ever tag in. just where she's away from the tag rope they throw her off because at one point she tags herself in right she tags someone's back and lets herself into the match and it pisses them off yeah because the whole gimmick is they haven't been putting her through the table nine times because they don't want her on the survivor series team yeah, yeah, which we're going with that stupid storyline again. Because this is how you build a baby face, apparently, in 2020. Yeah. So Peyton Royce gets a big spot in this match, right? She does, like, yeah, the superplex. She, she, uh, 
thing here. Let's bring it up on the screen. Oh, for a moment. Yeah. Oh, Bailey from behind clipped the knee of Jax. Brilliant. Great job by Bailey. Knee to the face. Yeah, see so Bailey over there. See, there's Willana standing. She's just kind of on punishment. That's what we're going to call her, Lana on punishment. And uh, Bailey goes to the top for her elbow. I'm going to do my elbow, but I'm going to take a lot of time. So Peyton Royce winds up hitting her with that spinning heel kick on the apron. And then she climbs to the top here, grabs her. You know the spot, guys. Bailey kicks kind of hard, too. I'm going to throw some sound on so you guys can hear the thud. They almost didn't catch her. How so many girls almost not catch her? But listen to the thud when we get over here. Oh, and the super points wipes out most of the field. Like, that's a lot of Bailey to hit the ground. You know? She looked like her life flashed for her eyes on that landing. Yeah, really, really rough spot there. Still look good, though. Still look good. Uh, but I digress. Uh, Peyton Royce um, gets eliminated by... Yeah, uh, after she eliminates Bailey. Mm-hmm. She eliminates Bailey first, which to me is a shock. Bailey, the champion that's held the fold these years, is one of the first... He's the first person eliminated, right? Yeah, because they went with the old, oh, she's been talking about, she's the captain. Ooh, but the captain got eliminated first. That doesn't make any sense, though. Exactly. Peyton tapped out, uh, gets tapped out by Natalia. Lacey Evans uh, eliminated Natalia with the women's right. Uh, when she has the sharpshooter on Shayna, I believe. Correct? Yeah, but Shayna had probably my favorite elimination of the whole match. Because it's something we don't ever see happen. Um, she got Ruby in the cure for the clutch. And Ruby did uh, the reversal we've seen, which they usually transition into a pin. But Naya had the ref distracted the whole time. Um, Ruby still has the pin, but Shayna still has the choke in. So basically what winds up happening is the distraction causes a, a Ruby to pass out because she's, she's in this transition. She can't actually get out now. Yeah. And then Shayna winds up paying her and eliminating her. Yeah, I so. like that because you don't ever see that happen. You just see the one, two, three. You don't see what happens after three. Yeah, she passed out in the end because the clutch was still in while she had Shayna's shoulders on the mat. Yeah, and from where she was, there was really no way she could get out. But Shane was smart enough to keep it locked in. Yeah. Lacey Evans, uh, also, that avalanche Spanish fly that she does, it takes too long to set up. You know what I mean? Like, they're literally up there. It looks like a tightrope back after a while. You like, can do, they, see, do they understand? You, you can, oh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, like, you can see the girl she's doing on trying to make sure she's in the right position. Like, do they understand that when luchadors and cruiserweights hit a Spanish fly, how smooth that shit looks? The way they'll jump up on that top rope, grab the guy that they're going to do it to, and the two of them will just come down quick. You know what I mean? It, you can't be up there like, all right, And even when they days, take a little while, it's you know? not very long. Yeah, it's it's awkward. It's literally and a quick reposition into the feet and then go. And it looks good when they nail it, but it takes way too long to set up. And I've seen that happen to her enough times where it's like, just take it out of your arsenal. You're not hitting good Spanish flies out here. It's honestly because of your opponent or you, but it's not working. Don't do it. Uh, and then, like you said, after that came the Ruby riot entire thing with Shayna, where uh, she passed out locked in. Liv Morgan gets eliminated by uh, Lacey Evans with a, with a crucifix bomb. But um, no one seemed sure in commentary. I'm not sure why. The bell didn't go off. Nothing happened. It was kind of like Liv Morgan gets hit with this crucifix bomb and then everybody's just Liv, like, uh, Liv hit Lacey with it. Yeah, exactly. And then um, that's why I said she eliminated Lacey Evans with this crucifix bomb but nobody seemed to really notice. And then Nia Jax eliminates Liv Morgan via Samoan drop. Uh, Shayna Baszler has an ign- ignorant moment where she refuses to break the ropes on Bianca Belair so she winds up getting eliminated at the five count. 
because basically they kind of reenacted their uh, takeover spot where Bianca stood up out of the clutch, but Bianca had passed out, but she hit the ropes. So the ref saw her hit the ropes before he realized she was out. And then that basically leaves Bianca Belair and Nia Jax, and they get counted out fighting on the outside, which makes three people in this match get DQ'd, putting Lana, who was standing on those steps, as we showed you, as the sole survivor without even wrestling. Um, This is like, honestly, and I mean this sincerely when I say that whoever's responsible for that angle and whoever booked that, they literally should just show them the door and like just let let this thing autopilot itself. It goes to show laziness, and this isn't just me putting my nose in the air. It's just genuine, blatant laziness where they can't even make their own shit that they're using pay off properly at the end because they weren't even capable of sustaining the continuity within their own angle here. And if you disagree with my ending to this more, then please tell me, comment, and explain why. But it would have made way more sense at the point where Lana tagged herself in, for Nia to get frustrated as she did, but instead of sending her to the corner, putting her through the table, making Survivor Series the clean number 10 time that Lana did go through a table. She's the only person ever went through a table 10 times in a row, marking the 10 times at the pay-per-view. Then you have the same result. Everything else has happened the same, except that now, at the end of the countout, Lana, who's laid out, fucking wins. Because she's laid out and never got eliminated. Now that makes the nine table bumps that you gave her previously and this tenth one, marking iconically at Survivor Series, make sense. And it actually makes everything that you did be for something. And then whether or not people like me fucking like it or not, we have to come on here and go, well, at least it wasn't for nothing. They were leading to something and it made sense. This is what they wanted to do. They meant they intended to, but they didn't. They couldn't even take the things that they had already in place and just fucking end the angle properly. So it was nine table bumps. And what what the fuck do her, does her standing on steel steps have to do with not what we've been watching? That's nine weeks of that shit. For them to not even give you the payoff of the ten fucking table bump that would have still led to the same outcome? And the funny thing is, truth be told, I'm right there with you. The only adjustment I would have made, and it's not even like a game-breaking one, I'd have had the match for some reason go long enough to where she recovers, you forget about her, quick roll up, boom, she wins. But either way, you get the payoff of the tenth table bump. The one you know, time I think you've been badgering us for fucking a month. The, dude, the one time they're putting her through the table would have been perfect for the story they were telling. They didn't. It's it's like their heads are so far up there. What are the odds after nine times that the one time that a table bump would have really made this whole thing tie together, and they just fucking did it? I I just couldn't believe it. You you say show them the door. You you say show them the door. Realistically, that's not good enough. Whoever booked that shit, take them behind the barn and shoot them. Like what the fuck? I remember when I remember when Randy Orton won three was a Soul Survivor three years in a row. Guess what? Nobody got counted out all three years. But how better of a story would it tell in the future to look back at this and be like, remember that time that Lana was on Team Raw and they put her through a table nine weeks in a row, and then on the tenth at Survivor Series, the reason why she won was because she went through the table. That's what the story was. It's so much that they even showed during this. I didn't mention this, but they showed a table counter before this match, showing Lana going through the table each week with a number on the top right to show you each of the nine fucking table bumps. They showed a counter and then didn't make the table part of the fucking story that they were telling. The the table was in the video package more than Lana. Can't count them out yet. <laughs> Apparently they can count anybody out because they count people out all the time. They counted people out in this match. That's how most people got eliminated. We can't count them out yet. 
but they can count anybody out. It's just weird to me, man, you know, watching this and just seeing it fall apart for even what they're trying to do. It's like watching like a kid that's a little off, not know how to build a sandcastle, you know? So all he but does is make like fucking, all he does is make towers out of cups. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the bad part about it is? The kid who's a little off at least has the excuse of being a little off. Yeah, like this, this, they can't make a sandcastle. They don't understand that the sand needs to be a little wet. They're trying to they do it with dry sand and shit. Cups. They're eating sand. Motherfuckers barely do that shit right. Like, what is that? I don't know. I don't ever want to hear anybody ever tell me how great this fucking company is doing. Because you know what the bad part about it is? With all the great stuff we talked about with the tag matches and then the women's match, stuff like this canceled that shit out for me. And the because whole point. So stupid. And the whole point of a video package, it's breaking kayfabe here, is to show people elements of this angle. That are now going to pay off in the match that they're going to have. So that nine table bumps is perfect. So that the people that are casually watching the pay-per-view, when they see this epic 10th table bump that causes the other team to match, will go, oh, right, because of the nine you showed us before. The fucking nine. I can't believe the nine weeks of table bumps didn't play into this at all. It would have played into her winning. And it would have played into the fact that these guys basically won because of her. You know, you know what the bad part is. I always say I'm not surprised, but they even surprised me. Oh, I'm really fucking surprised. I would have never in a thousand years imagined that the table bump would not have come into play. As as much as this company likes running things into the ground, you mean the table bump didn't come in tonight? Word. But they'll do it tomorrow. Oh yeah, they'll do it tomorrow when nobody gives a flying fuck. But guess what? We won't either. And they had Lana win without wrestling. But this is how you Excuse build me, a baby Lana, face. Congratulations. Now, after weeks of going through the table and not being fully accepted by the Raw women's team, you were the sole survivor tonight. You took the victory for Raw. How are you feeling? I like, have so many emotions right now because I just I can't believe I won. I won that. I won for Team Raw, and I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. But I think also, I don't know, I just... I have so many mixed emotions because I went on such a roller coaster. It's like I wanted to tag in. I, I was doing good. Then they, Naya and Lacey and Peyton and Shayna hate me and told me to stand on the outside. So I know that a lot of people might think that I haven't earned it, but maybe that's my luck. Maybe my luck is, you know, being smart, maybe also being a little bit lucky. But, you know, I thought when Naya told me to stand there, I thought, you know what, what is more important? than getting in there and pinning someone and maybe getting, you know, getting someone to be taken out. Maybe it's more important for me to be a team player and stand here and let these people eliminate. And, you know, if I'm if I'm not the winner of the match, who cares? Because we're winning. Team Raw is winning. It's more important for my team to win than to be selfish and have just get in there and, you know, try to beat someone up. And I guess that mentality had me win. That makes no fucking sense. That is grateful. That is not logical. Whoever wrote this promo, I hate him. Be taken behind the bar I hate him. Probably the same person who wrote that angle. You're going to tell me that the thing that her ability is luck. Really? Remember like in, the, remember like in Halo 3 when like when like uh, the doctor said that about Master Chief? Like, you know, there's one thing that this Spartan had that the others did not. Luck. And it's believable. This is not. You went through a you went through nine 
fucking tables. You're not exactly Marvel's domino in the fucking luck department. I wouldn't go walking into moving traffic if I were you. Don't take that mutant power too far from where you found it. That's the power you got from this? Luck? (laughs) Yeah, but you know, every tenth time, that's the lucky one. The tenth time something bad. (laughs) People come to rob a bank. How many shitty things have happened to you? Fuck, I'm only on eight. (laughs) (laughs) One more to go for the... Oh, no. (laughs) You're in a bank robbery. (laughs) Worst power ever. Oh, my God. Oh, this show sucks. You know what the bad part about it is? And we'll get into it when we eventually find out that probably NXT probably lost in the reigns again. I think that's the NXT problem. They have this thing stink on them. So nobody wants to associate with it. I think that's the problem. NXT gets this stink off them. They might be all right. Dude, are we up to the main event already? I think we are. I didn't accidentally backspace over Ma- something on my program. Match-wise, match wise, I think we're in the main event. Wow. Okay. Because anyway. this was hardly the main event. Fair enough. Men's Raw versus SmackDown's champion match. Drew McIntyre representing Monday Night Raw versus Roman Reigns being accompanied by Paul Heyman representing SmackDown. Finish being Roman winning via low blow, J assist, and guillotine lock. Drew passes out. He passes out from exhaustion of the pay per view. I mean, the guillotine. I was going to say this. I was going to say nine long table bumps and no payoff. But uh, So, and I, I, I talked about this briefly in the chat room, and I'm going to talk about it more here. But you have these two guys. There was almost no heat for this match because all they had was the contract signing. These guys didn't know each other before this. They were hanging out in different worlds, doing different things, and suddenly... Well, I mean, they, they feuded when Roman first came back, but that was it. They haven't seen each other. A little bit. But uh, when you want to have make a match have a little bit more heat... Especially two guys who just finished talking shit, the contract signing, the animosity, the aggression. You have to put yourself in a human sense of empathy. And what I mean by that is like, imagine you, right? Like some guy talks shit to you at that thing and then you're coming, you're getting your chance to prove everything that he said wrong. You know, and you're face to face with him, the shit talker, you, the bell rings, you're not officially allowed to put I'm him. I'm going to put him in a wrist. Exactly. You see where I'm going with this? I'm going to go, I'm going to go for a collar and elbow tie up. I'm going to put him in a wrist lock. You know, I'm going to, you know, really, you're telling me as a man, you're angry at this motherfucker. He's been talking shit. He shamed your family. He tried to Drop fuck your wife, whatever, whatever the story is. And there we go. Drop to- <laughs> color and elbow tire transition into a drop toe. No, fuck it. Full blown Chris Jericho. Arm bar. You're going to be fucking throwing hands. Think about if you're angry at somebody. The first thing you're going to go for is not a headlock or, or, or a wrist lock. And then you these big th- angry men. Ding, ding, ding. Immediately rest holds, long, long rest holds. Then from the rest holds, it went to hitting the ropes a couple of times, sh- shoulder blocks. Then from that, it went to a stare down at the ringside area. Then it went to corner strikes, which are just basic punches, you know, a couple of kicks there. Then we went back to ringside again for the second time for a second follow up on striking. Then from the striking, I guess they're exhausted from the striking and the fucking and, and the rope hitting because now we're back in the ring, back to the rest holds. And by the way, this is the third time that they get a rest because the first one was the rest holds in the beginning that they started this aggressive match for. The second was the rest holds after the freaking ringside strikes. And then the stare down to me counts as a rest because you're just standing there staring at your opponent fucking mad for two minutes. Um, I kind of was kicking myself three seconds of this match because right before the match, I was just like, man, this is going to be physical. And then the second rest hole hit, and I was like, hmm, maybe they're going to turn it up. 
And then they got midway through the match, and I was like, wow. This I is don't like know what you were talking about when you said that. I, I laughed out loud. When you said, man, this is going to be physical, I was thinking, what's he talking about? Did he get extra fucking cheese on his pizza tonight? <laughs> because he can't be talking about what we're watching. Because you know what it was? In my head, you know what it is? I do what I did what you usually do. I booked it in my own head, and I was like, this is how it's going to come out. I forgot what company we were in for a minute. You got two big guys wrestling the WWE style. And like I said to you earlier, this is the Randy Orton versus Batista main event that the Yes Movement was trying to fucking save everybody from. This is what you get when you have two guys that wrestle that style in the ring like that. It literally went rest hold, rope hit, stare down, corner strike, ring strikes, rest hold. <laughs> that was like the whole first half of the match. In reality, this should have been soup bone, soup bone, haymaker, head kick, soup bone. Anything but what we got. Vertebrae, soup bone, just <laughs> and you had a few cool things. After we hit that, when we started to hit that third act where we're getting into like the false finishes and stuff, like Mac rolling the spear into the Kimura, that was kind of cool. You know, you got the, uh, unfortunately, you had the bot, you had to iron the table, Samoan drop, which they just fucking redid the spot. They didn't even try to go for something different. They were just like, spot number two, go again. And they did it. This time they broke the table. Um, you know, you had the other Romans, um, spearing Mac carefully through the barricade. I guess they don't want to break the bottom of the Thunderdome. I, I love you know? how literally their thought process was, all right, it's getting kind of stale. Just start breaking shit. Just start breaking shit everywhere, you know. Mac kicking out of the spear, that was a cool moment for him. You know, I'm glad that he got that rub. Um, but really, at the end of the day, like, this is the kind of match, this was, a very WWE match. This was a very basic brawling, almost more than the basic brawling because there were more rest holds than anything. You know, it's it's hard for these two guys to look big and menacing when everything that they're doing really more than anything looks big and slow. You know, and I get it. You know, it's the whole star power of just how big they are and the physicality of it. But uh, they need to emphasize a little bit more of the physicality. They, they went into this match and by two minutes into the match, they were both crawling around as if they were in week 19 of the g1 you know what i mean like there wasn't enough movement for there to be as much pausing as there was during this there was constantly pausing and stopping if it wasn't because one of them was in a headlock it was because one of them was outside of the ring looking up defiantly if it wasn't because of that it was because the two of them were standing in the ring and one was looking up and down at the other one defiantly if it wasn't because of that it was because one was flexing his muscles if it wasn't because it was just kind of like you know at some point you guys are gonna have to fight you know that right this and it can't just be it, it, off day. you know it was a lot of pausing you know it's way too many times for me to check my text messages make phone calls order pizzas you know clean toilets wipe sinks refill water you know whatever it's just like where's the match happening this match is practically in slow motion you know you can literally like just call it in the ring yourself and uh to me that's what disappointed me about it and again maybe this is just me being me the snob and i'm not even someone who i'm looking for like an indie style match but jesus christ you know, this you is the first time, other. like, Randy Orton's able to work with him better than Roman, because this was just dry. As much as I thought the Randy Orton ones, it's like, I feel nothing during those matches, but there are things happening. This is, like, just very underwhelming. And it's like, just because, like I said, with these, some of these Survivor Series matches, they don't matter. These people are going to go off and do their own thing, and this match is going to be forgotten about by this time tomorrow. Yeah, and I know some of you got the impression that, 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 uh... Roman was going to be angry with, with a Jay because he went in there and he interfered and the champion doesn't need any help from anyone. But Roman is not a stupid champion. And like, that's why I kind of figured when they met at the top of the ramp, he was going to look at him like, yep, the Samoan tribe, you know, and they, he gave him that nod of approval and they hugged. And now Jay's part of the family. And, uh, Jimmy, you're going to have to learn your place, bro. Get in you line. Know? Like, come on, dude, get with the program. You don't want to be able to stand up at the top of the ramp. You don't like standing at the top of the ramp during pay-per-views? During the end of pay-per-views, pyros go off. You can see the belt from where you're standing. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Shit. 
You get to be in the same shot at the WWE Championship. You could tell your kids when you're old and gray, you could be like, you see me on the side there? Daddy, I almost made it. That's me next to the champ. I was in, I could smell the belt. <laughs> I could smell what the belt was cooking. <laughs> oh my fucking God. Hit it. Hit the goddamn drop right there. <laughs> Mommy went a long way for a joke, don't you think? I can't fucking believe you. Yo, you reached farther than I did. Oh, wow. Awesome. All right. And then they brought it home with the for Undertaker. what everybody was really here for. The final farewell of The Undertaker. And Good boy, job. oh boy, did they have a list of people they brought out? Yeah. Yeah, they did. Holy shit. Everybody from Jeff Hardy to Rikishi, Ric Flair, the hard copy, Mick Foley. Uh, even fucking Midian, the Godwins came out. Yeah, the Godwins. When I heard the music, I was like, "No way!" But yeah, you're right. He was he was Midian. I love that they, they mentioned a lot of the stuff. Um, like why some of these people out, why some of these people were out there. Yeah, well, they were part of uh, they were part of the Undertaker's group. Yeah, BSK. Yeah. Which of course, the only one we were missing, God rest his soul, was uh, Yokozuna. Anyone who's ever been part of the original Talk Brunch Facebook group, because we were a group before we were a podcast. Uh the banner there, which I still have the group empty, essentially. The banner there, it's a banner of uh, a bunch of people. It's Viscera. It's Bradshaw. It's a lot of these, the members of the Undertaker's group. And I believe it, uh, it's, I think it's the Godfather in the picture. Yep, Godfather's in there as well. And Viscera, who are leaning over and they're groping a woman's tit that's out. Yeah. That's the reason you've never seen that picture in our public photos. But uh exactly. Yeah, that picture of Undertaker and all these people hanging out and the girl and they groping her tit, that's them. Let's figure yeah, it out. In fact, um, if you know your history, you know that Taker has a BSK tattoo on his stomach. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all, all, all the boys, all the boys showed up. It was, yeah, they played course, tribute I mean, to him. This video package that we're running here for anyone on the video feed in one of the chat rooms, this is essentially what they had um, yeah. just to show like all of his accounts. Savio Vega was out there. Who else are we forgetting? I know there's a bunch of people out there. Oh my God, there were so many people. Like I said, uh, Mick Foley. Of course, you couldn't have it and, and not have Mick Foley. Yeah. Which, which Mick Foley, I wish I was in the chat room. Mick Foley has a beard now as if he never shaved in Red Dead. Wow. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that motherfucker is growing. But uh, yeah, Shawn Michaels was out there. Just so many, 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 many names. Yeah, they did a really good job. And uh, yeah, I guess that's it. You know, it would yeah, be weird I mean, for him to have a match after having that. I was, I, I hate to say it, but part of me, that small, the, the, the small wrestling fan in me, uh, was waiting to see who was going to take him out at the top of the ramp. <laughs> I was expecting it to be the fiend. <laughs> because that would have been a great retirement troll. Like he does all of that, the hashtag farewell taker, and then somebody just at the top of the ramp just fucking attacks him. And then he has to have I, that one more I, match. Like I that to me. I've been rumors all day that it was going to be the fiend to set up. A farewell match at WrestleMania, which would have been a good idea. Yeah, because then you give the Fiend that rub. Taker gets his send off at the pay per view that basically is his house. The yeah, but it's crazy. Like thirty years that that guy has been hanging around, and even though the matches did unfortunately deteriorate, the aura never really left. No, we really didn't. There's something about that entrance. Like, I remember forget um, my first smack, actually both smackdowns I ever went to, he was there. And this is a shoot. I legit felt the arena get cold. Yeah. 
I don't know if that was my mind playing tricks on me, but there's something about that entrance. Nothing beats it. Yeah, it's just, it is definitely special. Yeah. I, I mean, my God. Like, you got to think over the 30 years, you think you could pick, like, almost. I don't even know. I can't even name multiple favorites, but, like, one that kind of sticks out to you when it comes to his career. Um, As far as entrances go? Just, like, in general, when it comes to The Undertaker. Like, entrances, matches, like. Uh. For me, I, most of the stuff that I like with The Undertaker, character-wise, is going to always be like the biker, the American badass. I always thought that that was a really cool Undertaker. The Undertaker more towards the Jeff Hardy years, where he was feuding with Jeff Hardy. Like, that character, yeah. I thought was my favorite version of The Undertaker. Um, Performance-wise, I mean, the best match of his career is probably him versus Shawn Michaels the first time. You know, oh yeah, twenty five. Yeah, it's the it's the best match of both of their careers. So I mean, his peak was after he was no longer doing the biker thing anymore. So match wise, I would put him around there. Even though he's over the hill, he had some of his better matches at that point in his career. Surprisingly enough, yeah, yeah. For me, I think definitely I'm right up there with my first exposure to the Undertaker was the American Badass. But for me. When it comes to like a particular entrance that stands out, it's actually Mania 20 because it was the fr- I'd always heard about how he used to be. So then when he gets buried alive and I start seeing these images coming back, I'll never forget. Um, this is when my cousin was living with me at the time. We she always used to mention this different version of The Undertaker I'd never seen before. So I finally get to see it at Mania 20 It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. But when I look back at some of um, the stuff he used to do, I think what stood out to me, just because I hadn't seen him do it at the time, I look back on some of his old matches. It was the first time I saw him do that dive. And everybody knows that dive because I I didn't know 305 pounds could fly through the air like that. Yeah, the iconic Undertaker dive. Did he stop doing that as the biker and I not notice? Um, I don't think he ever did it as the biker. But then wow. again, yeah, he did change his him, style a lot. He became more of a brawling type. His, his whole yeah, because he, he stopped, stopped using the tombstone. Yeah, he was using like the, the, last la- the last ride. The choke slam became his finishers. But yeah, I think when he was the American, uh, the American badass, he never really did that. I guess it wouldn't suit the character. Yeah, That's but it's just like I never even thought about that. I, I thought about it the first time I looked back and I saw it because at, at this time I wasn't watching enough to see him do it on like TV or pay per views. So I'm sitting there going, this man, this man knows he's 305 pounds, right? That's interesting, like, yeah. Like, it's fucking nuts. See, so and that, people... was, that was the first mm-hmm, I was going to say, I think for me, it was so cool because that was, I, at that time, I was always in the era of, like, if you were above 300, you didn't jump. You didn't go up to the top rope, anything like that. So the first time I saw it, it was the first exposure I had to a wrestler that's not afraid of his size. Kind of funny because that goes to show for people just a little bit younger. It puts them in the category of people who experienced biker taker first. So when he did get buried and he came out like that was like their first time actually seeing Undertaker, which maybe that was a demographic they were going for, for people who, who never uh, got to see that. Because see, for me, it was the exact opposite reaction where like when he came back, I was disappointed. It was like, ah, really? Just like that? We're just rebooting. Like we forgot everything that just happened. That whole biker thing is just gone and we're back to square one. Like it felt like a regression of the character, you know? Like for me, that's the, that's the anime equivocal of Goku becoming a kid where it was just like, I can't believe we went like all of the biker shit and we're just back to the regular thing. But then when he started doing it, I kind of understood it. Like perfect example for me, it was WrestleMania endings more than anything where it, I understood why. 
where like they wanted to go back to having those iconic endings to his matches at WrestleMania where, you know, he drops to one knee, the light turns off, you see the, the streak number appear and shit. You yeah. know what I mean? There's something like, you can't, about that. Has yeah, you can't have, like, like what are we going to do? We're going to fucking, it's going to be 2016 and we're going to be rocking to Fred Durst after The Undertaker, you know, <laughs> beats up. So I kind of understand, you know what I mean? Like, you, you need that Undertaker for, for this stuff. You know, how awkward would it have been if he never turned back and this whole time we would have been hearing roll and roll? <laughs> it's a little oh, weird after a while. We're like, all right, already. So I get it. But at the time, I actually just missed the biker. And it's a shame they never revisited it. You know, like the AJ Styles thing is the closest we'll ever get. Yeah. Which I did like. But I really wanted one last run where he was like a regular guy. Yeah, which we could still uh, get. Because I heard rumors that he might still wrestle as Mark. Yeah, you never know. It could maybe like a one-off as Mark. Like it's- he won't be the only wrestler that's ever retired. And uh here's one thing I'm curious of. Did they rib Kane? Because Kane was the only one who came out in full gear. I don't know. I didn't think about that. <laughs> like, we know what he looks like under the mask. Like it's not like we're breaking cave It might be because he's mayor. I know as mayor, he doesn't like to be seen as a wrestler, which is why it was such a big deal at the Saudi Arabia thing when his mask fell off. Yeah, that that, that could be it as well. So he might have wanted to just come out of the character Kane. It'd yeah, be funny I was sitting there thinking about it. I was like, wait a minute. He's the only one in gimmick. Yeah, crazy. But yeah, anyone who wants to see some of that final farewell, I'm dropping it in the chat rooms for you. Yeah. And I mean, when it came to a speech, he pretty much kept it short and sweet. Like, I've been here for 30 years, and now it's time to say goodbye. Yeah, I have. I think I have. I don't know if this is it here, but I have something. Yeah, <laughs> this was a very nice. This was, they did a good job with the send off. If that clip has it hands down, well, the best part was when we got a little uh, cameo in the middle of it. My time has come. To let The Undertaker rest in I get that we're the times we're in and everything, but for me personally, just because it's the Undertaker, I get that it's Survivor Series and 30th anniversary. I would have waited until crowds were back for the send off of the Undertaker, not to send yeah, him off just, to a Thunderdome. Yeah, like dude, like maybe just have him not around for Every, a little while. Everything's on pause right now. Save that for when yeah. the crowds are back. So you know, especially for a wrestler who put that much of their life into the business, they need that Let moment in the ring that, with the crowd, not with your shitty thank you Taker drop. That you're looping yeah. over and over again. You know what I mean? Like, I think that out of everything that you can give a wrestler, I think that that moment in the ring with an actual crowd, maybe in a hometown somewhere in Texas, would, uh, it just to me comes off more appropriate. We have plenty of time to, we could, we could just wait and see how things turn out. Exactly. Like, yeah, you won't hit it exactly on year 30, but you still get to give him the send off that the man has earned. All right. Well. Yeah, but I mean, actually, um, the last thing about it was really cool. Not only did they uh toll the bell ten times, 
we had via a hologram a one final appearance by Paul Bearer as well. Mm-hmm. Paul Bearer was that was there. really cool. Yeah, and you heard the drop of him going, "Yes, yes." It, it was nice. All right. Well, what are your overall thoughts on 2020 Survivor Series? I mean, definitely the tag team and the women's match were the show stealers, hands down. I, I really need them to ditch this whole champion versus champion thing every year. Like when you take me back have to have a pay per view for that, right? They have a pay per view for champion versus champion. It's called Clash of Champions. And even then, it's not even meant to be champion versus champion. It's just all the belts on the line. Like, if you're going to do Survivor Series, do like you were saying they used to do back in the old days. All elimination matches. Okay, but then we have Night of Champions, right? We have one of them that was the champions from both shows versus each other. There was always one that was not Survivor Series for that. Yeah, it's like, it's just, it's an irritating concept because it's like, you're just kind of killing the champions versus champions match for me. What made that match so cool was you never knew when one's going to show up. I don't like being able to see on the calendar, all right, this is the day we're going to get it. Yeah. Well, for me, in summary, the dual brand battle royale, uh, it was it was good for what you would expect for a, a kickoff match, a pre-show match. The disappointing part being that there was emphasis on the young people, but then they switched it up and have the Miz win for no reason. You have the men's Survivor Series match, which uh, that was disappointing in its entirety just because it was a clean sweep. It didn't really do anything except sm- make SmackDown look like shit and progress Jay. Uh, you had the... Raw versus SmackDown tag team match, the Street Profits versus New Day. Very, very solid match. Good that the Street Profits got that rub. I thought that was well done. Uh, I didn't care for Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn at all. I could have done without that. Um, the star power of the Hurt Business is really what's carrying any of those segments at this point. Uh, the Raw, the Raw Women's, uh, versus SmackDown Women's Championship match, solid as always. I thought, um, like I said before, the two of them looked really good. Uh, Women's Survivor Series match was stupid. So both Survivor Series matches were duds because this one, it was a, it was a shitty finish. Uh, and the teams didn't really get much time to develop because they put in Peyton Royce and, uh, who else at the last minute? Lacey Peyton, Evans? Um, Peyton, yeah, it was Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans because the Raw women's team basically spent all this time just fighting each other. Yeah. So it's hard to have an attachment to either team when at the very last minute they, uh, they threw in those last two people. They, they factored zero into it. Uh, the fact that like with, really with both elimination it. matches, the teams that didn't get along won. Yeah, and the fact that the person who won was someone put through a table nine times, avoided the tenth, and didn't wrestle. That one's overall shite. And then you have the main event, which was the Raw and SmackDown men's champions, and I thought that was also awful. So this is a split pay per view. Yeah, which it shouldn't be because it's freaking Survivor Series. Something's good, something's bad, something's generic, and then finally you have the send off of the Undertaker. Uh, really was the selling point i think i think that was really what they were putting on that was the little that yeah. was the pretty the pretty box that they wrapped the ugly present in yeah <sighs> all right well is that it <laughs> that is all that is all guys tomorrow is a, a six year we're tomorrow six year uh, official so we will be here for that thank you to everyone who has joined us tonight and hung out for this wonderful polarizing yet interesting event all of you that have been out there hanging out with us in the chat room as well as itunes stitcher TuneIn, soundcloud podcast addict across all the different platforms including you live in the chat room right now with stasis dreams willie v2 eb gamer cooler ice six slayer night owl 9000 minion 619 bloodluster weekly planet 
King Quest 770, Miss Lenity, Apache 19464, and of course all of you lurkers as well. Don't forget tomorrow night, Talk Brunch Live episode 422, six year milestone. You've been listening now to Talk Brunch Live episode 421. This has been your Survivor Series 2020 post show, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dare, aka Captain Brunch. For myself and co-host Destin Soulblow Frazier, we're out of here. 30 years, the rock eyes open. Thank you, Shut that down.